You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Del Torre. Same corner, same times, fresh after Christmas, holidays, whatever you celebrate. Ho, ho, ho. Boys feeling? Dan's Man, feeling I, like ho, ho, hoes. I am, I'm exhausted. Uh, I just spent a two-day drive uh, that should have taken about 16 hours back from Pennsylvania to dog, and we had some stops along the way. Uh, that took me almost 25 uh, over the course mm. of two days. So I am beat. I am absolutely beat today, but ready to pod with you boys. Uh, but had a great, uh, great Christmas. We talked a little bit about it last time. Got to spend some time in New York City. Uh, spent some time in Pennsylvania. Uh, had a really nice, um, really nice thing or uh, Christmas. So a uh, really enjoyable time. So good weather, good vibes. My first ever cold Christmas. So uh, so that was a fun, uh, fun little adventure. Nick, what about you, buddy? Got your master's uh, quarter zip on today too, huh? There you go. Um, yeah, it was in Daytona. It was the first time um, I was away from family. Dad ended up testing positive for COVID. So shout out to dad. Props to him. Uh, says he's doing great. Feeling fine. He's going to beat it. Uh, but probably good that I wasn't home for Christmas. First time ever. Um, was in Daytona with the girlfriend's family. Then we were up in Yuli today. Ooh. Shout out to... Uh, Heisman winner, uh, Heisman winner, two thousand yard rusher Derrick Henry. Uh, then back to Daytona, picked up the dogs, and then back to Gainesville. So didn't drive as far as Dan, but also spent much of my day in a car, like the rest of America. Yeah, S and G been on the road this weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm up in Atlanta, man. Still hanging out, still spending some Christmas. We, we up here to to New Year's Eve. Um, just been hanging out, kicking it, man, having a good time at my brother's uh, in Marietta. I love Atlanta, man. I ain't gonna lie to you. Talk, um, talk to me. Talk to me about the lesson that Harlem had to learn uh, on the blacktop. Uh, didn't didn't know Dad had the crossover or the under the basket left hand. I was Bro, impressed. He didn't even want to see the video. My, my brother got video footage. He didn't oh. want to see the video, the pictures, of none of my moves. I crossed him over. He fell on his <laughs> knees. I got filthy out there on the on, on the court, man. Um, it's a hard like, lesson to learn. Hard lesson yeah. to learn, but you got to learn it. We go to the court all the time, but I usually just let him shoot, do his thing. Um, he thinks I'm an old man that can't do anything, so um, I had to get out there and do some 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 Allen Iverson moves on him and show him what's up. Mm. That's a, that's a beautiful little backyard uh, basketball court there. Is that your brother's yeah. house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice uh, up here in uh, Marietta. Shout out to not the bad. chief, chief, chief Noble's got a nice pad up here. It's all right. That uh, I was telling, um, I was telling my girlfriend's parents, my grandpa, my mom's side, used to merciless, mercilessly beat me in whatever we were playing, whether Good. it was checkers, clue, anything. I, I think he would even cheat to beat me when I'm like eight years right. old. But it makes when you actually then beat them in checkers, or that when Harlem can beat you in a game of pickup, it makes it that much better because they know, okay, well I earned that. Right, right, right. Um, my uncle used to do that to me, but it damaged me as a kid. I hate him. <laughs> I, hate I hate that him. guy. He used to just just drag me all around the court, bully ball me, old man ball me in the post. Mm, he's just throwing elbows in your in your gut. Yeah, 
I, I got to the point where I never tried to beat him. I was just like, man, this guy fouls and just just bully balls, man. I'm a kid. He got like prison <laughs> okay. moves. Yeah. <laughs> He's got prison moves. Other than that, man, we got New Year's on the horizon, man. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get into we'll talk about new New Year's a little later. Let's get into the show. I think we got quite the show uh today, right, Dan? Dance o'clock. We sure do. We sure yeah, we sure do. So a couple of uh, a couple of things. Um first I want to thank everybody. I put some uh a tweet out there about some prayers about my mom. She's uh, she's going through a, a couple things. It looks like she is uh, on the straight and narrow and that she should be all right. But we had a, a scare a couple of days before Christmas uh, down in South Florida. So I appreciate everybody that reached out. Um, a lot of people reached out, DM'd me that that I don't know uh, at all uh, and, and checked in and asked about her consistently. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and it wouldn't be uh, right if we, we continued the show uh, without also doing a brief moment of silence to uh, 2021 quarterback uh, recruit uh, Robbie Roper who passed away days before uh, Christmas as well. So if we can just take a brief moment of silence uh, for Robbie Roper um, and uh, the tragic and sudden loss uh, that we had. All right. Again, the Roper family is in our prayers. Well, we've got in a very exciting show. Show today we've former uh, Florida Gator linebacker uh, Patrick Miller that's going to join the show today. Uh, also coach at Gainesville High School for those of you Gainesville and Alachua natives. Uh, but before we do that, Silk, give a uh, quick shout out to uh, to Greg Brunt and we'll bring uh, Patrick right on the show. Stadium Miguel is brought to you by the great folks at Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, visit bruntinsurance.com and give my man a call at 954 589 2204. Greg and Brun Insurance is the best of the best when it comes to insuring your car, home, auto, life, or trailer, motorcycle, business, anything you may need insured. 954-589-2204 or bruninsurance.com. Big coverage, big policies. Greg, what it do? Awesome. Thanks, Silk. Uh, Patrick Miller, it's a pleasure to invite you on to the show. Former Florida Gators linebacker in the early 80s uh, in the Charlie Pell era was drafted in the fifth round of the NFL draft. Uh, currently is now the defense coordinator at Mosley High School. I uh, want to give a, uh, a quick shout out to Patrick. Patrick, welcome to the show, my friend. I appreciate y'all inviting me on. How you guys yeah. doing? Absolutely. Patrick, we knew we knew you weren't going to be late. You played for Charlie <laughs> Pell, so we knew there, there would be no uh, – we're waiting on the guests tonight. No yeah, way. Nah, none of that, man. I mean, I still live by CP time, you know. Uh, those stadiums at 5 o'clock in the morning, you don't like them, so you set your watch five minutes fast, as always. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, Patrick, man, we, we absolutely appreciate you coming on to the show today. Uh, but before we get into your time playing with Charlie Pell and everything else – uh, you were recruited in the early 80s, recruiting now, and, and you being involved in high school football now. Uh, it's certainly quite a bit different, but how did you ultimately end up at the University of Florida? Well, I mean, uh, I have been going to camps at UF, you know, since I was in the seventh grade. And, um, you know, my cousin, Fernando Jackson, uh, one of the greatest linebackers UF had, was also already on the team. And so me coming down, I got to know the guys real well. Um and then, you know, uh, Coach Pell and them, after the Florida State game, they pulled me in the locker room, and that was right after the Lindsey Scott deal. And uh, he just basically told me, he said, hey, if we had you on the team, you know, Lindsey Scott wouldn't have broke that. And so right then, I was locked in, and I was a Gator. 
Perfect. Well, we'll talk just a little bit about what recruiting was like. So obviously you had a connection back to the University of Florida. You had a connection into Charlie Pell. But obviously I'm sure you were recruited by a lot of other schools. What was being recruited in the, the early 80s like? There wasn't as much game film that was out there. There were certainly no rivals and scout and ESPN. How did you get your name out there? And how did schools get their names out to you? Well, you know, I, I know that when I was uh, doing my class and everybody that signed with Florida, all of us was at camp, you know, for two years in a row, we were all at camp. I mean, there were other guys that signed elsewhere. Craig Swoop, who signed with Illinois, uh, Brent Fulwood, who signed with Auburn. They were also at camp, but the majority of us were all at, at camp at Florida. And, um, you know, that's how they actually really recruited us heavy. Got us all to camp. We was there for a week. Got a chance to stay on campus, you know, work with the coaches one-on-one. Uh, built some bonds and relationships with guys and you know and that's how it all ended up for the majority of my class that we signed awesome where where else were you recruited did you guys do the visits the same way obviously Um, i know you did a lot of camps but yeah tennessee georgia alabama usc arkansas you know i was getting letters lsu from everybody um you (laughs) know tennessee they actually was recruiting me for football and track um I was, you know, recruited heavy by Arkansas, and then the defensive back coach left and went to USC, mm. and that's how that came along. But um, it really wasn't a choice, you know. <laughs> I had already locked in. I was, you know, since the tenth grade, I was, I wanted to be a Gator. And after my eleventh grade year, um, in that locker room with full of coaches and everybody sitting there, and you know, when they they all said that, there was nothing else to talk about. You know, as as you know, a lot of these recruits always say now they felt comfortable. Well, I knew I was going to be at home. Real quick, Patrick, before you move on, um, you you're a linebacker. What 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 did you participate in in track? Well, I was a hundred meters, two hundred guy, long jump. But you know, here's the thing: people don't realize how Florida recruited. Uh, I was a big defensive back. I was two hundred pound cornerback. You know, my speed allowed me to be able to cover guys in high school, but. Um, you know, at that time, you know, Coach Pell and them were doing something different. They were taking guys who played in the safety area and moving to outside linebacker, and guys who played outside linebacker, they moved to defensive tackle. Um, you know, that's how Wilbur Marshall, you know, he was a tight end. He got moved to outside linebacker. Uh, so, you know, they was already a revelation in the game, you know, the game now, you know. And so, and then if you go back and look at UM, when they was winning all those national titles, right? You know they moved their guys around. So everybody, you know, they took from what, you know, Coach Pell and Joe Kynes, Dwight Adams, Mickey Andrews, Mike Shanahan, Mike Holgram. I mean, all those guys. That's what they did. They moved us around, put us in athletic positions, and we played. What was the transition like from cornerback to linebacker? You get oh my god. Get to the college campus now. You got to yeah, you got to tackle I mean, grown men. That's the funniest story forever. Uh, came down the locker room one day and got to the locker and I looked. And I said, "Well, this is not my helmet. This big old face mask." And then I looked at his jersey and I was like, "Where's the thirty-one?" They said ninety-eight. By that time, somebody <laughs> tapped me on the shoulder. They said, "Hey, Coach Pell, want to see you?" And I was like, "Oh my God!" I tried to figure out if I did something wrong because you know Coach Pell didn't play that game. Got to the office and, you know, he looked at me. He said, we're moving you to linebacker. If you don't like it, pack your bags, stick your ass home. I said, well, where's, <laughs> where's the linebacker room? I went to the linebacker room and the next day we had a scrimmage. 
And so, um, you know, got out on the field and Coach Adams was coaching outside linebackers. And he said, Day Bo, you know, he called everybody Bo. He said, Day Bo, we're going to make you a linebacker. And I took every snap. And so by the end of the day, I understood what it was to be a linebacker. So uh, it was a, it was a long transition. I mean, from, you know, having to take on offensive linemen, uh, learning how to, you know, get people off you with your hands. And in secondary, you know, it's about your footwork and understanding, you know, not letting, you know, people stack you, people get on top of you. Mm -hmm. But up front, they're already on top of you. So it was, it was you know, took me about a good two weeks to really understand what I was doing. Uh, but I had some great coaches and the scheme was perfect, you know, because I was still – covering tight ends and covering backs out the backfield. I was playing on the weak side. So it uh, wasn't until I think maybe about, you know, fifth week into it, they started putting me over the tight end. And that's when, I, you know, I started learning how to play up on the line of scrimmage. But uh, it was it was quite a transition, quite a transition. But it really um, it made me a, a better football player. I have a question. You, you coach young men now at, at the high school level, guys who will get – get recruited. Um, we have Mahmoud Diabate who has had position changes since he's been at Florida. Can you handle today's student athlete that way? Or do you have to kind of handle them differently than, you know, coach Pell just saying like, listen, here's your new position, your new room, or you can go find another school. Well, you, you really can't handle athletes like that today. I mean, I hate to say it like that. Um, you know, when they started putting stars on these guys, it really made it hard. For coaches and so uh, with all the different um i guess you can say you know when they started saying you know you got to treat the players differently and i'm gonna use it that in that term it, it really made it hard um but today you wouldn't be able to do that you know because the guys coming in and they already think they're a superstar they have these stars on them and they feel like you know their next step is to the nfl and they don't realize that stands for not for long. Um, so, you know, it's a little bit different these days. And uh, I don't think half of these guys would have been able to play during the era that I played in. Uh, practice were longer, uh, more physical, more demanding. Um, you know, it was hot. And you didn't really have a choice. You either do it or go home. Now they jump into the transfer protocol, you know. It was. I was joking the other day, and somebody was talking about commitment. And no one commits these days. You know, mm. if you commit, you stay in for four years, three to four years. Now they stay one year, and they they out of there. So that word doesn't mean anything. So I don't really think the players that play the game today they could they could survive during those times when, you know, um, in the eighties and the in the early nineties. So Patrick, I want to I want to go back to to your time. You know, back at UF, you just you just get on a campus. You're there for from '82 to '84. You know, that's really when UF is starting to to take off in their uh, their ascension. Um, you know, you have a lot of you know big names. You obviously have Charlie Pell as the head coach. You have Mike Shanahan, offensive coordinator. But on that team. You had, you know, Dwayne Dixon, Lorenzo Hampton, Mike Malarkey, you know, John L. Williams. You have a bunch of names, you know, just on offense. Obviously, you, Wilbur Marshall, um, the elder, Vernell Brown. So you had a, a lot of names. What was that that transition like from, from high school, you know, into college? And then when did you really start to get into your groove uh, in the collegiate game? Well, you know, 
we called it little fish, big fish back then, you know, because, you know, you came out of high school and you were the big fish, but then all of a sudden you get like at school at UF and you're a little fish among a whole bunch of other fish. And, you know, uh, that, that transition was kind of hard because you had to find your way in, you know, and that meant what, what you did in the weight room, what you did in conditioning, what you did during your, your tests, um, how you practice, that determined whether you play or not. If you wasn't putting out, you weren't going to play because the people in front of you. I mean, uh, you can go back and look at our stats. And I think our defense at that time, we only averaged 40 snaps a game. So we were playing two units. So that means you were on the field maybe, what, 15, 20 snaps. And if you didn't get out, <laughs> you, you know the person behind you was going to get out. So you didn't have a choice. So, uh, you know, we had players, man. I mean, like you said, look in that backfield. You had Lorenzo Hampton, John L. Neil Anderson. Then behind them, you had the likes of Joe Henderson. And then you had guys coming up like Anthony Williams. You know, um, I remember uh, very clearly, one of my freshman brothers made it very clear to everybody, hey, we're here to take everybody to position. And, you know, and I think by the end of my freshman year, it was like six of us starting. So you had the ball. You know, it was no choice. And if, if you didn't, you didn't play. Uh, Pat, we, 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 uh, as fans uh, kind of complain about this era of social media and the players, the way they use it uh, after a win, before a win. But I think you guys had the luxury of having no social media and having a little privacy. Um, give us some stories about Gainesville and, and your day and, and what the vibes was like. Social media free and you guys will have a little bit more freedom than the guys do have. The guys I mean, Gain you know, Gainesville is not Gainesville anymore. You know, um, I hate to say it like that. I like Gainesville. I, you know, I've lived here and went to college here. But when I was here, you know, it was the small town. It was just the University of Florida. And, you know, everybody knew who you were. Uh, so you always had to be on your P's and Q's. You had to understand where you were. Uh, you got taken care of regardless of where where you went to eat or whatever. Um, but recruiting violations. I like it. I like no, it, it wasn't no recruiting violation because you know we did pay. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I paid. But yeah, but it was just it was just different. You know, um, it was all about it was all about football. You know, the entire town, everybody was about the Gators. You know, and um, now it's not really like that. I I I can't recall when I was here in school, anybody flying a Florida State flag in Gainesville. Now you see UM flags, Florida State flags. That wasn't going on back then. Back then it was all about the Gators, you know. And you know, I, it's it's a lot of different reasons why people say that happened. But um, you know, the social media we didn't have, we didn't have cell phones, you know, we had phones in our dorm in Yon Hall and you can hit one key and all the phones are ring. You know, so it was a little bit different than that time. But now social media is really uh, taking off and it's, it's putting, I think it put a lot of pressure on these young guys. I think that uh, a lot of people don't understand how to use it. Um, you know, they put too much of the business out there. You know, if you have, if you've got an issue, go, go, go to your coach, go behind closed doors, talk it out like a young man to a man and, you know, work it out, you know, but. Now you airing it out to the public and then everybody else chiming in. So that, that, that doesn't help the situation.
feel free to uh, say next question to me here, but which one of your teammates would not have done well in the social media era? Would, would myself. have <laughs> myself. I can tell you that. Very I, good. I, can, I can name. Uh, I don't think Wilbur Marshall would have did well. I know mm -hmm. Fred McAllister wouldn't have did well. I know Adrian White wouldn't have did well. You know, no, they had to keep it, us. It in, sounds you know, like you guys were you guys were good. Not having Twitter, not having Instagram. Hey, teenagers, man, we were together one time, and and we were talking about how USPN do these thirty thirties, and they always talk about UM. And then somebody said, "Well, they should do one on us," and somebody said, "No, they do not need to do one on us because that will not go by good." So. Yeah, nah. None of us would have did good. The only person I think would have did good would have been Kerwin Bell, Neil Anderson, and maybe uh, Wayne Peace. <laughs> What's the expression? Let dead bodies lie. Like, don't don't need ESPN and Thirty for Thirty coming and digging up and and finding receipts and things like that. What, nah, they had, don't need. Yeah, fun. yeah, because. Uh, you know, it was a rule, you know, like Coach Pell said, you know, what stay, what goes on in Yon Hall stays in Yon Hall. Don't let it out of there. And, you know, um, you get in trouble, you you, you got to pay the pipe. So, you know, it was, it was good for us. You know, we looked out for each other. We, you know, we just, you know, try to really stay within each other. You know, when we had Yon Hall, we had pool tables down there, mm -hmm. foosball. We played a lot of backgammon, dominoes. You know, we just stayed within house. And then if we did go out, well, you know, we were always together and we came back together. So, um, you know, that, that those times changed. You know, the University of Florida was it had Rice Union, had we had mm -hmm. uh, frat parties. You know, everything took place. I mean, I remember my fraternity, we had a party and it was right for the Florida Relays. Well, they called me to the door and uh, said, the guy trying to get in. And so I can't say, yeah, you're going to let him in. It was Bo Jackson. He mm -hmm. came in, partied, hung out. Next day, went floor relays and ran, I ran everybody. So, you know, it was a little different during those times. Bo Jackson, what a story. Bo knows. He, he Bo might knows. be one of the most impressive, impressive athletes. I, I'm a baseball player. Um, and just what he was able to do in two different, two different sports and be as good as he was, that's uh, unbelievable to me. Well, you'd love the fact that I remember my freshman year, we lined up playing Auburn and I was talking smack and I didn't realize who I was talking to. And it was Frank. <laughs> it was Frank Thomas. Tight end. Oh my God! By the end of the day, I was trying to get on the other side away yeah. from him, man. Big hurt. Big hurt. Hey Pat, who was your biggest rival? Who, who was your biggest rival? Who who did you hate the most out of all the rivals? I, I, Florida State. You know, I mean, you could say Georgia and everybody talk about the cocktail party and all, but Florida State was our biggest rival, you know, because it was in state. And at that time, Florida State was balling too, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we had UM, but most of the guys on UM team, we were all partners. So, you know, we played hard against each other, but, you know, it wasn't a rival. It was more of a competition. But rivalry-wise, Florida State, we, we really did not like female state university. I like that yeah. name. So that, that was a – Miami was almost like uh, competition, respect, a rivalry out of respect. And Florida State, like they say, no love lost there. None lost at all. I mean, you know, the guys at UM, man, I mean, we used to hang out together in the offseason. I mean, we had a lot of respect for one another. And um, I always joke with them. We taught them how to play the game because, you know, they wasn't doing as well. But when they got it, they got it, you know, they with Jerome Brown, they don't start balling, Blade Brown, they got it, you know, 
and they played very physical. They they didn't care about what you thought about them, mm -hmm. and that's how we played. You know, uh, we didn't care what you said. We were gonna we were gonna play, and you you were gonna know that you played us on Saturday down in the hole or whether we were on the road. What was your best game personally? You think your favorite game? Uh, I think Mississippi State. Um, you know, we we had Lonzo Johnson that had got suspended and. Um, so they moved me to the other side in his position, and I, I had a pretty good game. Um, but I can also go back to my freshman year when we played Tulane. Uh, the quarterback was Bubby Brewster. I earned Southeastern Conference Player of the Week that week. Uh, so a couple good games. Um, you know, um, most memorable game was the first game of the year when we played USC. You know, uh, running down the field, making the first tackle on the kickoff. I mean, it's a lot of different games, you know, Auburn up in Auburn. Uh, we go to play Auburn up there. I think uh, we were, you know, we were ranked high number one and, and we get there in the locker room and they got the AC on. It's like 60 something degrees outside and they got the AC on. It's like 50 something degrees in the locker room. So mm -hmm. majority of us dressed outside because it was warmer. And then, you know, we, we won at Auburn. And uh, so, you know, a lot, of, a lot of great memories, man. A lot of great memories. Do you miss that rivalry? Um, I, I really, it was really kind of already gone by the time that I was, um, you know, becoming cognizant of Florida football and, and the rivalries. Do you miss Florida and Auburn playing yearly? Yeah, I mean, you you got to understand. I mean, back then it was a different type of football, and you know, so every week, you know, it was run, 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 mm -hmm. and now it's pass, pass, pass. So we play Auburn and Georgia back to back, and Ooh. so here you facing. You know, Bo Jackson, Brent Fulwood, Lionel James, and then you turn right around, you got to go against Herschel Walker, uh, Henderson's. Yeah, I mean, that, that was that was a man's game then. And so, yeah, I, I really think that now it's a little bit more easy. You know, unless you're playing Alabama, Texas A&M every week, then, you know, you got it. You got it made a little bit. But mm. back in the day, you know, ISO, toss, you, you know, you didn't have to worry about the five wise or, you know, quarterback throwing it 30 times. They, they're going to run it 40 times. They, they had a position back then called fullback. I don't know if, yeah. I don't know if oh, some, of, uh, some of your, I don't know if some of your players mean, even know that. Anymore. Yeah. You know, and then what about when they played Mississippi state and they had, they still running the wishbone. Auburn ran the wishbone, you know, the veer option. I mean, so you had to learn to be disciplined, you know, and uh, these days it's, it's, it's a little bit different. The offensive game is, you know, really tucking off. Um, you know, Coach Burry came in and started throwing the ball all around. Ball coach did that and, and you know, took, took the game to another level. But during the time when I played, you know, we wore big shoulder pads and neck rolls because, you, you know, you had to bang up every down. What's it? Go, go ahead, go ahead, Dan. So, so Patrick, I want to, I want to ask you, obviously you were there. I mean, I'd be remiss if, if I didn't ask about, you know, the, the allegations scandal and everything else that happened and not asking you to verify or anything else or to tell any, you know, particular stories, but what was it like as a player, you know, at the university of Florida when, you know, those allegations, you know, do come out, you know, Florida, you know, has to vacate, you know, the 1984 SEC championship. I mean, a, a year where Florida could have very easily been, you know, considered national champions. And if we're playing, you know, the UCF or Alabama logic, you know, let's crown us national champs. Right. But um, you know, what was it like being a, a player during those times? Well, I mean, it was disappointing that we, you know, the only thing about it was we couldn't go to bowl game. So, you know, we made sure, 
absolutely we made sure that every Saturday that we won and that we won in a fashion to where you had to still take notice of us. Uh, I know that uh, my junior year that we still finished number one in the nation and we were on probation and we didn't go to a bowl game. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that was the only downfall, not going to a bowl game, but we still played every game. Uh, we still represent University of Florida as a whole. And, you know, the, the only downfall of it is now that they don't recognize what we did. And, you know, and it's sad that, you know, the university doesn't do that. But, mm -hmm. you know, um, we we still, we're, we're Gators. And, uh, you know, we put UF on the map because, you know, that O ten 10 in one year and then we came mm -hmm. back and we start winning and no one really wanted to play us and they knew what they were getting. And so, um you know, other schools were doing the same thing. Uh, mm -hmm. They didn't want to turn us in. Um, you know, um, had somebody on the inside that ratted us out. And, you know, it's unfortunate that we had to deal with that. But um, you you can you cannot take away the fact that we were still a dominant team. Oh, we had first rounders. We got guys drafted. Uh, we still was, you know, guys making All-American Mm -hmm. All SEC, you know, go look at the record. Go yeah. look at the scores. I mean, you know, University of Miami can say what they want to say, but every year the first game of the season, they take that butt whooping. You can go <laughs> in there and play whoever you want to play and win the national championship. That's but, right. Uh, you know, we we still stood up and represented University of Florida, and we had a lot of pride with that. Yeah, I mean, you're looking back at the roster and, and you know, we had a, a different co-host about a year and a half ago, but uh, Corey, myself and, and Ahmad Black who used to be on the show. We did a, uh, a an all fantasy draft of, of former Florida Gators. And, you know, of that team, probably, you know, 15, 20 guys from from your time period where we're taking of of just some of the, the best Gators in, uh, you know, in school history and to take you guys from to, to be really you know, my mom was there when you guys were 0-10-1. Um, she remembers that vividly, right, to, to you guys, you know, ultimately, you know, shouldn't win or, you know, should have won the national championship, you know, just five years later just really shows, you know, the improvement that was made and really, like you said, did put Florida on the map. And, you know, I think it was Bear Bryant that said that Florida was a, a sleeping giant and you guys awoke that giant and, you know, set the standard for where we're at now. So, um, I mean, that, that's got to be uh, something really cool to hang your hat on at least. Yeah, very much so, you know, and, um, you know, we know. We know what we did, and, yeah. and everybody else do, and that's all we can hang on to. We talked to um, Lomas. Lomas Brown was um, Mr. Two Bits, and we talked to him a little bit, and he shared that sentiment, the same thing. He said, you know, the stuff that we had to deal with wasn't even stuff that we did, and he doesn't feel like you guys get the credit or the, or the acknowledgement um, from the university. No, I think that they penalized young men at the time. Mm -hmm. for what adults did, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And, you know, um, you penalizing guys who came to your school, gave it all every day. You know, that's a, that old saying, blood, guts, and tears. I mean, we, we really represented, even when we were on probation, you know, we still represent University of Florida to the fullest. And I just think that, you know, we, we tried to get a petition signed and sent letters to get them to just acknowledge the fact of, you know, us being the SEC champions and we didn't mm -hmm. get anywhere with it. But it's sad, you know, because, uh, you know, and I say this very openly and I said to anybody, I don't think in, I don't care what team you put out there. 
you know, I don't think they could have matched up with us doing that at the time. We had athletes that could play. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we just didn't, you know, we, we've been held accountable for something that adults did and you're holding it against young men at the time. We were really still boys, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, not calling nobody a boy, but as age-wise, we were not mature, you know, and so, but we did play the game of football to the fullest and represented UF. Me, um, I want to ask you, uh, why, why, I mean, you got to see all like the growth of UF as well. And you guys kicked this all off. You guys were the anchor of this whole thing, that era. Uh, you went on probation, but you got to see uh, the Spurrier era. You got to see a little Zook. <laughs> and you got to see Urban. And then you got to see where we're at today. Um, what do you think about the maturation of the logo, man? Well, I, I, I think, you know, it's still the University of Florida. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's unfortunate that, you know, Dan had, you know, some rough times and, um, but I don't put all that on Dan. You know, I also put that also on, you know, the whole makeup of college football. Uh, everybody's not fortunate to have what, you know, Alabama has. They have one of the greatest leaders and guys that understand how to get it done. And what he does not on the field, but off the field is just great. You know, and people don't know that. People don't don't know what Nick does off the field. And that's the biggest thing. And that's where, you know, people under, don't understand. That's where the downfall comes. You know, you just having those other coaches that are not related to football present to be able to help those young men grow and also understand what is five years from now. You know, um, and I just think that our brand has to continue to grow. I, I'm excited about, you know, what they're doing with Coach Napier and what he's what he's doing. Look at how he's hiring and what he's hiring. And uh, I think we can get back to what it is. Um, I, there's no reason in the world that we don't have the recruits that we need to have. Uh, you got a great university. Uh, you know, it speaks for itself education-wise. Um, I think that, you know, the new complex is going to help us. But we also got to get back to being physical and understanding that what, you know, that brand is. That brand was built on toughness. And, you know, you come down in that, they call it, you know, the swamp now. We call it the hole. You come in the hole, you ain't climbing out. And that's what we got to get back to, you know. It's got to be some guys got to come in. That's got to be more hungry. Got to quit thinking about what's down the line. You got to take care of business right now. And, you know, God will bless you if you're going to the NFL. But you've got an opportunity to come to college. Make every take every advantage of it, every opportunity and protect that brand. You know, and that brand, like I said, it's about being physical, being fast, being nasty. And I think that's what they got to get back to, you know. Um, you know, you look at the teams that won. They were very physical, very fast. You know, I don't think we are very physical right now. I don't think we're as strong as we need to be. So, uh, but hopefully, you know, uh, Billy's going to do a great job. Um, Scott's going to, he's going to have to support him and give him time. And everybody else going to have to give him time because, you know, you, we, we playing catch up and that ain't going to happen overnight. So all these people who get mad because you lose the game, hey, 
when you play in the game of football, somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose. I don't care what it is. So, but it's how you play the game, you know. So let's let's get back to being physical. I love it. Well, Pat, uh, appreciate your time coming on today. I do want to talk about uh, what you're up to now. Obviously, you're uh, you're in the high school coaching ranks. You've been a head coach. You've been a defense coordinator. Talk to us a little bit about uh, how you got into coaching. I know you're in the NFL for a bit, but how did you get into coaching? And then, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, your style and all that kind of stuff. I want to hear about, uh, about that. Yeah, I, I got into coaching after I finished playing in the CFL. I was home. I was at a high school basketball game and brought for high school. It just hired legendary high school coach Steve Harden. And um, he just told me, he said, hey, you're going to be coaching for me. And uh, you're hired. And he didn't give me the opportunity. So I got into coaching at Rutherford High School. And, um, you know, from there, I moved around a lot. And, um, you know, I was at uh, Santa Fe High School, um, you know, with Bill. And we did some good things there. Lost the rings in the regional championship. Um, Moved over to GHS, worked with Mark Lasko. I uh, had some good teams there, and I uh, got an opportunity to be the head coach there. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. Now I'm in Panama City, Mosley. Uh, we just finished season 11-2. and two. Um, You know, we lost to um, Pine Forest, who lost mm. in the state championship game and regional championship. Uh, that team, Mosley, hadn't, hadn't been to the playoffs, you know, that far since my senior year. Mm. Um, so... I was, it was it was just an outstanding year. We had a great group of young men, and, um, you know, they bought into what we, we bought. And, you know, I told my guys on defense, you got to take on my personality. And, you know, my personality is uh, being very nasty and very physical, you know. No respect for no one. If you're on the field, we got to hit you. You know, like in the movie, the Titans hit everything that move. And, hey, get a 15-yarder, that's okay. We'll get – Talk for a loss and get it back. There you and go. So that's my style. You know, I'm a, I'm bringing pressure. I like to play man to man. I like to mix it up. But we, we're gonna be physical. And that's if you can't be physical, you can't play for me. You mm. might need to move over to the other side of the ball because on my side of the ball, we got to be physical. That's my style. I love it, man. You, um, I don't think you were head coach, but I think you were the defensive coordinator when Chris, Chris Thompson was there. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Uh, over there on the defense side, ball and Chris there, yeah, Chris and and well, no, actually when Chris and uh, Keith Kelsey and Ralph Webb, no, no, I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't, I was at Santa Fe during that time. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, I was at Santa Fe during that time with Bill Wiles, yeah, and then um, the the year after that, that's when I moved over to GHS. Okay, I was gonna, I was gonna tell, I was, I was close with Chris. I was gonna say, there's a reason. If you were the DC, there's a reason Chris wasn't playing defensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he was <laughs> Chris and Chris them used to come to my house every Saturday because uh-huh. uh, Big Keith Kelsey, Big Keith, you know, we're real good friends, and they used to come over to our house. We used to tailgate every Saturday and eat. So I used to spend a lot of time with those guys. You know, yeah, I used to mess with uh, Chris all the time about that. You know, Chris, hey, you Chris was too fast. He didn't yeah, like too fast. Hit, and that's boy. why he was fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty boy. Tell Chris he's too pretty to play defense. You, you stay yeah. over there, at receiver, and do your special teams. But hey, but then when he got to Texas, hey, Chris was running down there knocking the fire to people on the punt team. I was like, all right, I see you, boy. You rubbed <laughs> off on a little bit there. Yeah, I, <laughs> right. I, I'm glad I did. Oh, <laughs> oh whoa, fellas. Um, hey, Pat, before we uh, before we let you go, uh, one of our followers, Zach Williams, um, said that uh, you're the first man that he ever got to coach under. Uh, he's a great coach and even better man. So 
uh, a guy that's singing your praise on the Twitter streets. Tell him I say I appreciate that and uh, God bless. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Pat, um, I know you're on Twitter. I know you're doing the social media thing. Uh, let everybody know where they can follow you, and uh, then we'll let you go. And uh, thanks for your time this evening. Enjoyed this interview, Pat. Appreciate your time, man. Hey, man, I uh, appreciate y'all inviting me on anytime. I, you know, I'm always welcome to come out and talk Gator football and how. I'm gonna football. have you back on during the season when we got we got spotty linebacker play. I'm gonna get, <laughs> all right. Have hey, you back on here. I might be good for half a play, but that's about all I can give. <laughs> right, they can follow me on Twitter at GatorBoy98. Uh, Pat Miller, that's my handle. I'm always gonna be a Gator, regardless of what it is. So yeah, GatorBoy98. That's me on Twitter. I love it. Well, Pat, we appreciate your time, my friend. Have a great rest of your day. Have a happy holidays, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, happy holidays to you guys, too, and God bless. Thanks so much, Pat. Right. Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah. Go Gators. Go Gators. Pat Miller, um, for those of you that don't know, considered one of the best uh, defensive players in UF history. Uh, you know, they do those, those lists of – you know, top players to everywhere, you know, a certain jersey number. And every single time you look at the number 98, Pat Miller's number uh, and name is there. So um, I don't think his uh, really Twitter ad it. is GatorBoy98. It is with an I. Boy. Oh, okay. 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 Boy. Wait. <laughs> Whoa. Run that back, Daniel. GatorBoy98. Okay. All right. Boy, um, all right, we've got a lot to talk about, boys. Um, before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Visit them, homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale, all one word, and you can get 15% off your order. They just announced the other day that they're going to be doing a basketball line, uh, they're going to be releasing six schools. Now, I don't know what they are, but they are bound to be great. Uh, visit them, homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale. I know a number of you uh, used it for the holiday season. I know that I did. So, again, homefieldapparel.com, best vintage products out there. Um, let's quickly get over this football game. The Gators do lose the Gasparilla Bowl in beautiful Tampa, Florida. Uh, 29 to 17 against the Central Florida Knights. Uh, the Gators go up 10 to 9 going into halftime, ultimately lose the second half in a game that just didn't seem all that close once the ball kicked off in the third quarter. Uh, Nick, you were there. Uh, were you able to find your old fashioned after the game, by the way? You, uh, your mm. text message at 145. You might have needed, needed <laughs> old fashioned after that one. Yeah, it, uh, <coughs> oh, sorry, I'm getting over a cold, I think, from Tampa. Um, I was not mm, able maybe to. Maybe the Omarion variant. The Omarion variant. No, it was. I, I, yeah, I, 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 just I, mean, I picked, I picked, I picked UCF uh, for the game. Got that R&B COVID. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Nick. Go ahead. I got an yeah. icebox where yeah. my heart used to be. That's right. <laughs> Um, yeah, I picked UCF. I didn't think, um, so I wrote a story right after Florida state because it, I heard that the administration didn't want to accept a bowl game. They wanted to just cut ties, start, start fresh, new regime, get it over with. Um, and that the players pushed back on that and they wanted to play in the game. Um, leading up to it, last time you uh, listened to them leading up to it. Uh, I didn't see a lot of, a lot of that being shown. Um, there weren't a lot of practices for the practice. I think it was six times of the allotted 15. Granted, you had finals week. The game was super early because it was one of the worst bowl games to go to. Uh, so there wasn't a ton of time to get 15 practices in. But 
But I don't feel like that's ever been a problem. I mean, I can see them maybe not getting 15, but I can definitely easily see 12 or 13. I mean, they're all college students, so every school's like yeah. doing exams. Everybody has the same. Yeah, everybody's uh, doing the same thing. Right. Yeah, just uh, like I said, didn't feel like uh, Florida was super invested in the game. Um, I get that the kids want to – the guys want to be in it because you, you get to go to Tampa for a week. You get a bunch of – you know, they had a beach day that was planned but ended up being canceled because of rain, but there's – Fun events, and you get a bunch of free stuff. Like, there's a bunch mm. of reasons a college kid would want to go to a bowl game, and, um, and especially one in Tampa, yeah, that aren't that aren't playing the actual game. Um, so I, I, I got a feeling from talking to people inside the program that hey, this team might be looking for a reason to fold, and at the first sign of adversity, it might be over. Um, I think that sign was Tyrone Hopper getting thrown out of the game for shoving someone that wasn't a punch. Um, and, and talking to his dad, the dad said that he was, uh, the other guy, the guy from UCF spitting, spitting his face into his face mask and he, and he shoved him. I don't know if, uh, sometimes the guy that, you know, throws the first punch isn't the one that gets caught. Um, but I think that was the turning point for Florida. Um, it was a really bad game. Wasn't very entertaining in person. Silk, I don't know if you turned it off at any point and enjoyed your, Enjoyed your Thursday night in Atlanta. Oh, no, man. Uh, I was Step driving up that day. I was driving up that day, and the <laughs> wife, the wife, I had a nice R&B playlist going, man. Mm. And I thought about, first Mario? of all, YouTube. No, 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 Mario. I know Icebox <laughs> with my heart used to be vibes. Um, more, her vibe is more 90s, early 2000 R&B. Um, but we was driving up, and then I realized, I've been watching a lot of TV lately. I realized YouTube TV knocked out all, all of their, like, regular channels, so I couldn't watch it on my phone. Um, I wasn't gonna find any way to scream it, so I said, you know, I'm not gonna watch the game. I watch the condensed game if we win. We didn't mm-hmm. win, so I didn't go back and watch any of it. I just watched everybody's tweets of complaining. Um, okay. but shout shout out to that. We 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 had a lot of pass attempts. <clears throat> um, broke some records in that. Uh, I don't want to deep dive on this game. I just no, wanted, no, no, I, no. I wanted it. <laughs> I wanted it all to be over. Uh, I wanted shout out to Greg Knox. I thought he blew his wad for the state week. I didn't foresee him. Uh, uh, it's a pause, but yeah, hey. Oh yeah, my bad. Wrong show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought he did. I thought he, you know, uh, let it all hang out. <laughs> you know what? Pause. Whatever. What the hell? Just keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Woo! I thought, I, thought, I thought he, I thought he, you know, he did his thing. Florida State week. I didn't think he must up another win, man. Um, yeah. I just didn't want to be invested in this game. I, I want to move on to the new staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care what you UCF think they won. <laughs> Uh, I got an interim head coach with half a staff, um, a quarterback that posted a picture on Snapchat. I would like to talk about that when we all done. Yeah. Um, I just didn't, I wasn't buying it. If AR-15 was there, um, we beat this team handily. I don't care who the coach. Uh, just like we beat Florida State, even struggling with Emory. Once AR got in, we kind of put it to bed. It would have been the same thing with AR. Um, the talent gap is huge. Uh, the coaching gap and want to just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was a, a very boring football game. Um, you know, I watched every last second of it, uh, unfortunately. Uh, and it was it was not good. It was undisciplined. It was just – it was boring. It was bad. It was you, – you knew that, you know, Florida just didn't see – and I don't want to play the excuse that they didn't want it and everything else. Like, I don't ever want to question somebody that's willing to, you know, put their life, you know, and body out on the line, you know, like Justin Shorter did, you know, to ever say that they don't want it, but it just didn't look like that. That fight and fervor uh, was there. Oh, no, no, I'll go on the line. Yeah. I'll, I'll say they didn't, they did, the UCF looked like they wanted it at a certain point. 
That, yeah, they, that I, was their Super Bowl, and it didn't look like our guys wanted it like that. And I understand yeah. that they didn't want it yeah. like that. To be honest with you, like, and I don't, I don't mind saying that. I just don't want to say that they didn't care, right? Like, there's a lot of people on the internet that said these guys don't care. I think that they do. Some care. of them didn't, Dan. Some of them, some of them didn't care, and they like I got that feedback from some of the players in and, the locker room. And you some are of these guys didn't give problem. a shit. You're probably right, and you could tell by some body language that they didn't care win or lose. Uh, but I don't want to take that away from the, you know those that did. No doubt. Regardless of that, you know, I do think that there are some players that played, you know, pretty well. Um, I think that you did see a glimpse into the future, which I think that you can be excited about on the defensive side of the ball. um, I thought that Derek Wingo, you know, had some good plays. You saw, you know, your first, you know, real action of Scooby Williams, who I thought, you know, at times played, played quite well, you know, Tyron Hopper before he gets ejected, you know, played, you know, played very well, probably your best linebacker, you know, in the game. Um, I thought that Gervon Dexter played quite well, Brenton Cox, you know, he played pretty well. Um, Rashard Torrance, I thought, did quite well. Um, so there's a lot of – I think that there's a reason for excitement on the defensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, um, they, it's it's a – we got to press that restart, but we got to take the cartridge out, blow it in, put it right back into the uh, to the Nintendo 64, don't we, Nick? Um, it, it, it's, it was – someone on our message board pointed, pointed it out um, – I don't know who on Florida's offense outside of maybe Anthony Richardson, potentially Xavier Henderson, if we're starting to reach, like really scares you. Um, And and I don't know going into next year. I mean, like is Trent Whittemore the best receiver Florida has coming back? Like who Mm. who on Florida's offense Mm. really will strike fear in in a defense's heart next year? I think everything is just so suppressed on um, talent wise that we 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 don't know what's on this roster. Um in lobs, just like we seen Tyrone Hopper kind of pop out last night. We're just like, what the fuck this kid been all year. Um uh, mm-hmm. I think I think there's a lot of more that on that roster. I think um I think Bowman's gonna be still good. I don't think mm-hmm. Bowman's just forgot how to play football or running back. Um uh, I think he's still I think Linger and Bowman still have top end speed that they could use. Uh, receiver position is a little tricky. Uh, I think we got some talent there. Uh, we we've been raving and bragging about how well Billy has done these few years of bringing stars in. So the potential and the recruiting has been there in the receiver room. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about like development and, and letting the best players play. Um, I like Burke, the young boy out of Jacksonville. Yeah. I think he has some big play potential. Uh, I could go down the roster. I, don't, I really don't have it in front of me, but we got some guys that can play football. Uh, I think the trenches is our biggest issue on both sides of the ball. I think we need some defensive tackles. Now, I think we need uh, just depth and, and more quality uh, at the one spot on the depth chart with our offensive line. Yeah, now the, the defensive line uh, of, of Central Florida dominated uh, Florida uh, for a lot of the game. Um, and, you know, it's a lot of those same names that that we've called out on the show that Get we probably won't whatever. have to anymore. Um, but it, it's a lot of those same names and same numbers that we heard of. Uh, you know, my concern is what's beyond that that we haven't seen. Um, you know, we are excited about what Gerald Mincy could potentially be. You know, he's gone, you know, to Tennessee now. So Florida absolutely has to go into the transfer portal, which I know is not a place that you want to be seeking out guards, linemen, and centers. But that's absolutely where Florida's got to be. And it showed – you know, Florida's getting dominated by undersized, you know, defensive linemen from, from yeah. Central Florida. Um, we also lost uh, – I mean, I guess we'll talk about the label. We lost Copeland, who was a potential playmaker at a wide, wide receiver position. 
Um, they do got to go find some more talent at the, at the skill position mm-hmm. um, spots. Of course, we're not Bama, we're not George. We don't have like uh, the explosive players that they have to compete on that level. But we have some guys. Um, the trenches right now is our biggest issue. Is that is that talent? Is that are, are the guys smaller, they, not they, physical? They just, like what what is it? Is it a combination of things? Well, he's naturally recruited big ass guys at uh mm-hmm. offensive line. So heavy like his guys bigger. So I don't think size is gonna be a problem. I think the lack of talent and development. Um we we've been getting guys that take four or five years to develop on um, the project guys. And I think that's gonna show. Um I don't think the new offensive line, Rob Sell and and, and, and my man Stapleton not gonna be happy with the projects that Heavisy left him. Mm. Um, that's cool for for Heavisy when you don't want to recruit and, and hustle on the trail. I'll develop these guys, but new guys coming in, they're gonna find out real fast that they gotta go find some bodies in the offensive line. It's gonna get wicked. Yeah, no, baby. Florida's got to find bodies everywhere. We'll talk a little bit more about it. You know, Florida is able to grab Jack Miller from Ohio State. Uh, you know, former third string uh, from Ohio State to, to come transfer to Florida. He's going to obviously, you know, try to, to get his opportunity to shine at the University of Florida. You know, but Florida's got some question marks at, you know, running back. I think they're okay. They're definitely going to need, you know, an additional body there. You know, going into next year, they'll have Naquan Wright, Lorenzo Lingard, who put out you know, some questionable tweets after about, you know, his opportunity to Demarcus Bowman. So you probably want to have a, at least another body in there. Your offensive line is a completely new rebuild. And then at wide receiver, I mean, Silk, you mentioned it, you have some talent, but you don't have a lot of proven, um, you know, value there. And then, you know, the tight end position, you know, Kamori Gamble, you know, puts out a comment says, yes, I have more eligibility. No, I'm not sure. Nobody you know, asked that's me, gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> but but still, so you you have him, you have you know a lot of question marks at, at tight end. Um, by the way, Gage Wolf. Try to game. I like Gamble, but nobody asked him anything. Like, are you still? Like, it's just, bro, you're being so loud. Nobody yeah. asked you anything. <laughs> Go Gator six one three four 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 probably did, but um, no, I mean you you just have a lot of question marks everywhere on the offensive side of the ball and for a guy that was known as an, an offensive genius and a QB whisperer, you know, there's a whole lot of whispers about the talent that Florida has on this roster going into next year. I'll I think we all questioned that, 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 that like weekly, um, whether it was like uh, taking kids with bad grades that can, couldn't qualify, uh, just whiffing on the trail. We've been questioning. Um, I think the defensive side of the ball has been recruiting better over the years. Um, defensive tackle is, is a whole. I think linebacker development has been an issue, but as far as recruiting, on um, defense side of the ball has been out recruiting the offense side of the ball for for a little while now. Nick, thoughts? you wouldn't you wouldn't notice that on the field, <laughs> you know? Like we cut on the tape, Dan was just a better schemer than than than, than Ty Grantham, so you you couldn't really tell the difference, but. The linebacker room has been full of talent. Um, the secondary has been a little suspect, and also the defensive tackle. But other spots, defensive end, I think we've been very good at. Um, I don't know what's the status of of, of Summerall, um, but defensive ends and in, in, in linebacker have been spots that we've been pretty good at. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm. I'm. I just put like the scholarship, um, the chart up, and mm-hmm. when you're looking at like Summerall, like. It, it makes sense to stay. Like Brenton Cox had probably has one more year. Such um, a tweener, man. 
And, and they, they, they recruited had... so many tweeners, and that's our biggest yeah. issue right now. All these guys don't really have a true spot. They're just such tweeners. But I'm sorry, Nick. I Summerall, mean Summerall's still kind of a tweener, too. I mean, yeah, you've been on campus for three years, and I mean, I get it. You're, he's like 6'6", six, six, right? 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. It's tough to put weight on that kind of frame, but when you look at him, like he doesn't look like... He's lunchables. Yeah, Jamaican bacon, not putting the weight on him. <laughs> Um, there, there are a bunch of guys. Like, I think you've got talent. Like you, you look at safety, um, uh, or, or I guess corner Trevez Johnson, depending on, you know, how they're playing. And there's so many other things. I think Rashad Torrance, Mordecai McDaniel. I think those guys can have a role. I think Donovan McMillan's a guy that can have a, a, a role. Corey Collier took a red shirt this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Kamari Wilson is going to be on campus in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Devin Moore will be on campus in a couple weeks. Jordan mm-hmm. Young's a guy who had a great spring. Like, there's talent on defense. What's my other guy um, named that's the safety on campus already? Um, being a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of hype about him. Um, who not Wilcox and the other guy that came in last cycle? Um, drawing a blank, Jason at safety, yeah, safety. Corey Collier, not I said Torrance, him. Not Collier. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. Not his name either. McMillan. That's Don his name. Yeah. He said his name. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, um, he, he's another guy at safety. Um, I don't know where – I mean, Collier still needs to add some weight, um, too. When you look mm-hmm. at him, he kind of looks the same as when he came in, uh, at least in my opinion, my un, uh, <laughs> uneducated opinion. I mean, they have him listed right now at 6'1", 176, which is just five pounds heavier than Finley Graham. Yeah, they both kind of look the same size. But mm. Finley was throwing throwing hands after after the Gasparilla Bowl. I don't know what was said or what happened. He Vernell Brown and, and a couple coaches had to physically remove him from the field. But anyway, Ooh. back to Finley uh, Graham. Graham. We, the boy, boy boys were scrapping after the game. So shout out to Finley it. Graham, man. Like when the game is winning the fight. Man, yeah. I like it. Uh, but but looking at it like at, at edge, you've got Brenton Cox, Lloyd Summerall, and Antoine Powell. Like that, mm-hmm. th- those are your edge guys. No, um, I was kidding. I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I think Tyreek Sapp's a guy um, that can play with his hand in the ground or or play that you know that buck spot. Um, Justice Boone's another guy that I'm excited about. But you know, are they ready next year, or are they guys that you're not going to really see make an impact until 2023? I, you know, I think that this roster is going to be very different next year, obviously beyond just those that are graduating and everything else. I think that you're going to see a lot of transfer portal movement over the next couple of weeks. I think that we're just getting started on the number of names that are in the portal now. I think that there's going to be a lot of portal names added, you know, after the spring semester too, both of you know, early enrollee freshmen, as well as, you know, folks that are looking to make a move for a variety of reasons. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Florida signs a class. I think uh, Connor last week said he expects the Gators to probably sign six or 16 or 17 high schoolers, maybe more, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see a, a roster of, of maybe 35 plus new names on it next year. That's a lot of names. That that's a lot of names. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now that I said, but but I would say I would say I would say thirty. I don't think that thirty's out of out of a stretch. Thirty's thirty's high because like you're at you nine one. right now. You're at you're at nine. Call it ten with Jack Miller, right? Okay. So I'm including I'm including the recruiting class as well. I don't do you even get it? To, do you even get to twenty in the recruiting class? I don't I don't know if you do. Um, well, no. Connor last week said probably seventeen eighteen. And then 13 in the transfer portal to get you to 30? That's a lot. 
I don't think so. I don't think so. Over the course of really two, you you have obviously your high school signing period, but you're going to have, I would imagine probably three or four people come in the next week, probably via or two weeks. via Yeah. Sources, portal. sources, bro. No, 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 no. Sauces. No, these Sauces. are, yeah, they, this is a hundred percent conjecture. This is just my, oh, this idea. is getting a takeoff. Yeah. This is getting a takeoff of, I think that you're going to probably get at least, you already have Jack Miller. So probably another name or two, you know, that might get thrown in there. And then I think over the course of, you know, the spring semester, I think that you're going to, I think you could easily add 10 new names over the next eight months. Cause you have winter, spring and summer to add those names. I don't think that that's unrealistic to think that Florida averages four people per plus a recruiting class. Now Nick's now Nick's thinking about it and no, I, th- I still think your your number's high. <laughs> Thirty is high. Ben, keep us accountable, buddy. Yeah, hey, bro, well, that's, great being con- that's great content for Gators Online. Give us give us thirty All right, we're not, stuff to write about. But we're not gonna do escape pass to Emory Jones. Uh, I don't know if Snapchat, Instagram. I can't keep up with the look socials. Like, look like Snapchat. To Shout me. out to Patrick Miller. I can't I'm with him. I can't keep up with the socials. I don't know what it is. Um, but he had a, 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 a IG pretty much saying he threw the game because uh, the fans wanted AR is what the, the, the Instagram screenshot insinuated. Do we have, do we have a timestamp on that? Was that from after the, after the game? For sure. That 100% after the game. I've done my, I've done my extensive research. A hundred percent. That was after the game. 100%. And the screenshot that was sent is in, it's a reply picture. Because mm-hmm. they block, you could tell because they blocked out where the person's name was. They blocked mm-hmm. out a couple things. So what was said to garner that reaction? Because sometimes somebody I says like- something flaw to you, and you just go over the top, knowing how to hurt them. And if a Gator fan is calling you a name or saying some something crazy to you in your Snapchat, all right, well I'll just tell them I threw the game, and that'll piss them off. And then all yeah, of a sudden, no you, doubt, you, you but I think shot. the only thing that Emory Jones had going for him was a good teammate. Uh, I'm not gonna say like personally or like like his future. But I think the best thing he had going for him in this scenario was the good teammate, um, the friendship with AR. Those guys were in it together. All that kind of just get threw out the window with the with the bath ward and the baby. In that scenario, mm. even if it's a fan. That's that's saying that I think like at that point you gotta be a little bit more wiser and, and if you are gonna reply back with something nasty, not involve AR fifteen. I didn't I didn't like uh the way that that looked. I thought like for a kid that's entering the transfer portal, he should have been a little bit more uh wise, I think, with how he handled that situation. Um I don't know if it affects where else he goes, but it, I definitely look at him a little different with that response of whatever he was trolling uh responding to. And but he is human, but you just got to be a little bit more wiser than that. And then if AR is your friend, you can't throw him under the bus or, or yeah. involve him into any any conversation with that. I mean, obviously there was a reason somebody leaked that out, right? I mean, I, I see both sides. You know, Nick, obviously I'm sure the person that leaked out that uh, Snapchat was probably probably said something to get under his skin to, gar- you know, to garner that response. And, you know, he tweeted or you know, that person shared, you know, that screenshot, uh, you know, with – you know, obviously an intention in mind, um, right. you know, Silk, I, I totally get your point as well, but you know, I think if, uh, you know, Emory wanted to turn off schools, all they had to do was watch, uh, the game film for <laughs> hours before, you know? Yeah. He just didn't do himself any favors. That's what I'm saying. Like the game film for the UCF game or any other game this year, hasn't been that great. 
Uh, no matter how they try to spin, it do hasn't you, been great. Do so you, I think. Do you think Silk? Sorry to interrupt. Do you think right, cool. that that Emory is a is a power five quarterback transfer? Like if you're a power five school, do you no go after Emory Jones? No, I think. Uh, I mean, a group of five. I mean, is he an FBS? You know, I mean, group of five. I think like, like even like a program like UCF, USF, uh, probably a good spot for him. Um, obviously, he has tools. I think most of his hiccups are like like Frank is like mental. Um, mm. it just didn't look good. Like, no, last like few, few, few occasions I've seen him come out, it's like it, it's like he gets worse every week. I don't want to harp on it too much because uh, it's somebody else's issue now. Um, but to me, it looked like he got worse every week, and I thought, like, um, I don't want to go back on harp. I got all my taste is gonna yeah. be about previous past stuff, and I don't want to go too deep on that. Yeah, Nick, your thoughts. Sorry, I had a uh, had to update. Shane Graham is leaving, so I had to update that on. No, on where's he going? Uh, just leaving. Just leaving oh. Florida. Oh, okay. Mm. Maybe we can see some improvement at the kicking position. Kickers are weird, man. Now, yeah, I mean, yeah, we've we've had multiple punters say that on the show. We've had multiple kickers on here that would disagree, but um, <laughs> that was a bad display of kicking the other day, Nick. Actually, it was a bad display. I, it of was a bad display. Of, it was a bad display of coaching. You go for it on on a fourth well, down. Well, he also when kicked the ball out of bounds on a kickoff too. So like, well, I'm that's not, not good. That's not coaching. Uh, you you go you go for it in a weird spot where you could have kicked a field goal. Then when you know that your kicker's range is not fifty plus yards, you try a fifty one yarder instead of either punting it or or going for it on like a fourth and three at the time. Mm. Uh, Interim God Greg Knox was not in his bag. Yeah, special uh, teams coach Greg Knox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got caught with the pants down. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Yeah, that was more Stadium McGill. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Nick, back to the uh, back to the question: Do you think that Emory Jones is a Power Five quarterback next year? Do you think he's a Group of Five quarterback next year? Um, do you think he's an FBS quarterback next year? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, being silly saying he's not an FBS quarterback. Um, I mean, shoot, with all the realignment, you can go to UCF and you're and you're a Power Five quarterback because it'll be in right. the Big Twelve. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know when if that's next year or, or soon. Yeah, um, soon, but but you'll be in the Big Twelve. So yeah, he's a Power Five quarterback. Uh, I don't think he's an SEC caliber starting quarterback. Um, but you know, there's uh, hey, Rutgers is in the Big Ten. Mm. I don't think. <laughs> not saying he's going there, but I'm saying there's some really bad, you know, when people are saying, Hey, he's not even an FBS quarterback. Like there's some really bad power five teams that would love to have Emory Jones. Yeah. I mean, would love to have yeah. him. Yeah. I don't know Rutgers roster enough to, to, to say if he has a spot on Rutgers roster next year, but um, I, I don't think that USF would be a bad spot for him, to be honest with you. I mean, I know USF is a, you know, a team that struggled, um, you know, they have the former offensive coordinator at, at Clemson uh, as their head coach, uh, Jeff Scott. Um, you know, he did did quite well with Deshaun Watson. I think that there's some similarities um, in skill set, not calling them in any stretch of the imagination the same. Um, not Deshaun Watson. Um, 
the one that ended up transferring to Missouri uh, and playing. Um, but yeah, uh, Kelly, uh, but long story short, you know, I think that, you know, it's probably best for him, especially so you mentioned in his mentals. I think that he's got to go, he's got to go somewhere else. He's got to change the scenery. Um, I think it'd be impossible for him to, uh, obviously I know he's in the transfer portal, but to ever even return back to, to Florida, I think they just got to go, go far, far away. Yeah. Fresh starts for both parties involved. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't already entered his name into the portal. Um, obviously, I thought it was already in. They, oh, he announced that he was transferring, though. He told he told Pete Thamel. We I, I, mm. the story was written in. It was kind of a, a poorly kept secret, at least among uh, the writers, that he would be leaving. I don't think it would surprise anyone. I think it would be more surprising if he stayed than if he left. Uh, and then he told Pete Thamel uh, that he was leaving. Obviously. We're going to ask him about that the first time, the first chance we get. So we ask him about it after the game. He doesn't want to talk about it. Uh, but I fully expect he will enter his name in the transfer portal. Mm. We just haven't seen it happen yet. Yeah. I think it's surprising. The Gators did also line up at wide receiver. So you mentioned Jacob Copeland, who announced just a day after the game uh, that he was transferring to Maryland, joining Mike Loxley, who I believe recruited him uh, to Alabama, um, you know, back during uh, his high school time. So he'll be joining that receiving core, which uh, from the basic research that I did is um, got a pretty good uh, receiving room. So Jacob Copeland will go uh, with a new change of scenery in College Park, Maryland. Hey, go get that Loxley bag, huh, Silk? Hey, hey, man. Shout out to Mike <laughs> Loxley. Uh, great folks at Maryland. I hope it works out for Copeland. Uh, another, was... another guy that I think is just a fresh start, man. Both parties involved. Uh, I wish it would have worked out better. Uh, but I just like a lot of the I'm, – I'm not happy I'm here at UF. The stuff got old. So just it's good for both parties involved. I, I was I was ready for Copeland to leave. Nothing for what Copeland did, but just the constant reaction, overreaction from the fans. Yeah, over 90% every, of the fan base. Blog. Over every tweet that he would have that would come out. It was, what does this mean? Does that mean he's unhappy? I'm like, I don't know, dog. He, ha- he has three catches on here. <laughs> probably, he's probably unhappy. Yeah. Maybe it's about a girl. Maybe it's not about football at all. But every tweet, uh, you know, having to deal with a message board, like 20 questions. What does this Copeland tweet mean? I'm like, I don't know, man. And now I'm glad that that those days are over. Yeah. Take your, 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 your personal messages down a notch. Yeah, I think for him a good change of a good change of scenery. I think taking some time off the uh, the social media would probably be good for him. But you know, if you're a Maryland fan listening to this, just you know, if you get blocked, it's not personal. Um, it just is what it is. Um, we didn't talk about it on the last show. Chris Bogle um, announced his transfer to uh, Michigan State. Uh, we've already mentioned uh, Gerald Mincy uh, to Tennessee a few weeks ago. Um, I don't think that I'm missing anything else. There's no new news on Mahmoud Diabate. There's no new news on Lloyd Summerall. I believe that oh, exhaust- shout out to Mahmoud. I saw him down in the field at uh, at uh, the uh, at the Gasparilla Bowl. Told him that Silk was trying to get him in trouble. He said no. Nah. He <laughs> said uh, he said Strickland told me to shut my mouth about that in a in a very uncertain in a very certain term and. Uh, so I can't talk about the food anymore. Mm. Trickling, you shouldn't be shutting these kids up about Jamaican bacon. <laughs> I don't even know how you got an extension, fam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, before we, before <laughs> no, we get good. into that. We got, we got any more football takes yeah, before we yeah. get in? Uh, we do, we, 
Any any other any other news on the transfer portal side, Nick? Obviously, Florida did add a whole slew of, of coaches that I want to go uh, over as well. A coach and a whole slew of off the field hires. Yeah, there's a bunch. Let me pull this up. I didn't have it ready. There's well, I don't need the I don't need the name of. Uh, we'll go over the coaches here in a second. I, I just meant any n- additional name of the transfer portal. Um, no, from Florida side, no, there isn't. Yeah. Um, I, I think there, I think there will be names, and obviously there will be more names after spring football. You know, when guys, I, I think you'll probably see more people hit the portal after spring football, the first spring with Billy, when you're finally, when you're really into his program, because you're going to start getting into Mark Hockey's strength and conditioning program when you get back on January 4th. Um, but once you start seeing how practices are going to be run, how the program is mm-hmm. going to be run, what's going to be asked of you on and off the field, that's when you're going to get some guys who are like, yeah, not drinking this Kool-Aid, I'm out. And some guys might be told, hey, you might want to find another place. So I think there'll be more transfer portal news during spring football, after spring football, than you know, from January until March. Perfect. 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 Well, before we get into everything, let's give a shout out to our friends over at game time sidekicks, visit them gametimesidekicks.com. Use promo code stadium, get 10% off a couple of you all tagged your Christmas presents or your, your holiday presents. Uh, where some game time sidekicks, uh, cups, uh, really incredible product, vacuum sealed, stainless steel. Uh, Got a vacuum really, seal. Yeah, really an, an, an impressive product. A whole slew of, of products and a whole, you know, um, cornucopia of schools to choose from. I think they have over 350. What was that? A cornucopia. Cornucopia. Let me, cornucopia. Let me write that down. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that word. Yeah, you're <laughs> a whole cornucopia of schools to choose from. I think there's over 350. Uh, there's a lot like of that. new things that they're going to be doing as well, some NIL things uh, and, and a lot of different things. So support a Gator fan, support Game Time Sidekicks. Really a fantastic product. GameTimeSidekicks.com, promo code STADIUM. All Tough right. day for me. I left my – Big stadium and Gale, the white tumbler that you wanted. So oh, I left right, right. that in a car in the girlfriend's sister's car, which is now in Tallahassee. Oh, you never oh, getting man. that back, fam. I am without my, my yeah, big you ain't tumbler. Getting that back. If our if our people are there, I need another one. You don't think <laughs> you getting that back. I use my tumbler on the drive up, but I had some 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 good juice in it. Mm. Yeah. Some jungle Driving juice. safely. No, I don't I wouldn't drive. Think about it, like yeah, um, dri- I didn't drive passenger. up. Yeah, passenger. Open, open container. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Open container. I'll take I can afford that ticket. That's not a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> Especially yeah. not as the driver, right? Yeah, that's not egregious. I think the the, the, the cop should just let me go. Like, oh, yeah. you just you're festive. Was it that THC? <laughs> you know what, man? Never mind. We'll talk about that. Little Johnny uh, Walker. The Gators bro. Do- some, some whiskey. Ooh. Nothing too crazy. Okay. Wasn't uh, blue, but it was Johnny. Uh, you know what? Here's my hot take of the day. Uh, I don't think that Johnny Walker Blue is worth the cost. I think it's maybe mm. at best second, but in my opinion, third of the Johnny Walker labels. Um, but that's a take that we can say. Wait, for, uh, wait yeah. Quick, I, I, quick, I, I was tipping quick on Green Label, then, so I man. want to know what you got. Uh, I do. I do like Green Label um, more. I think that the Johnny Walker. Um, I'll give you my take on Johnny Walker Blue, and this is my opinion. I'm a blue and this fan, is, so. This this is just my opinion on it. Uh, for me, it is far too peaty and far too smoked to be um, 
enjoyable from, from my taste. I think that it, it is overdone. I think that the taste of the peatiness and the, um, the smokiness of it overpower the, the taste of the, uh, uh, of the scotch. Um, I think so, you get better scotch for your book. Is what I, I, I think say. so too. I also think at $250, it's not worth it. Um, that's just me. I think it's one of those things that the hype goes before. Nixon slunched back in his chair um, with with a take that I'm sure he's going to fire off. But if you're going to spend two hundred fifty dollars on scotch, I can point you in a lot of different directions. I don't want to go in the other direction, Dan. Person. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm going straight to the blue bottle. What you got, Nick? What's your take? No, I have no take. I have no take. I was just listening. Oh. Um, I don't know if I ever even had uh, Blue Label, so I was just. I was what just a casual you? listener here. Um, Nick, imagine tasting a, 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 a scotch and then opening your mouth over a campfire and then just mm. sucking it. Oh, that's, 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 that's a terrible take. That's a terrible take, bro. Um, <laughs> it, it, I'm, I'm more... Um, but I, I, give I, I me, give me green label and give it me gold smoky. label. It is smoky, yeah. but I, I like I like smoky scotch. Um, yeah, give me green label and gold label. Uh, bourbon on a budget. If, if TJ, you're listening... Uh, I'll take this this opinion to the grade that I think that that blue label is is severely overlaid overrated. Mm. Okay, I, I I have no. I could be no wrong. I've been wrong here. before. I've been wrong before. No, I think it's, I think it's Nick appropriately is, but... rated, uh, Nicholas. I think it's rated okay. just where it needs to be. Um, I could, I do, I do. I like. I had this conversation with my my dad like uh, like maybe like a year ago. And he just said, like, for the price, we were just sharing some blue label. We were like, for the price, I just get some better. I get some scotch close to this mm-hmm. for like half the price. Yeah. Um, and I get it if you're not like that's not your thing. Anywho, we we spent a lot of time on this blue label. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, don't buy it. So, uh, Gators <laughs> do, do announce a couple of additional staff members. Now, I could be um, forgetting a name. I could be adding a name that we've already talked about. My apologies. Uh, the Gators add to the strength staff. We'll, we'll talk on-field coach last. Uh, to the strength staff, Carmichael Dunbar and Edward Thompson. Carmichael Dunbar, uh, my understanding, comes uh, to University of Florida from Louisiana, uh, as well as Edward Thompson, uh, who's joining as a speed coach, uh, joining Mark Hockey's staff, which includes Mark Hockey, Joe Danos, who we announced last week as the director of player athletic development, Carmichael Dunbar, and Edward Thompson, our assistant strength and conditioning uh, coaches. I don't have any takes on them. I hope that they do well, lift well, and um, – yeah. Any thoughts on those, uh, that staff as a whole, or any of those new names? I'm a big man on wordplay. I seen one of the uh, scrim conditioning dudes say "swoljers." Okay, mm. swoljers. I like that. Swolgers. He say, I like "Yeah, that. he's he's hired to get the swoljers together." So I was, like, ah, I like that word. I like the way he played. I like that. it. Okay. Pause. All right. The swoljers. <laughs> yeah. Was that um, Carmichael? I think that was Carmichael. That sounds like right, a Carmichael. It sounds like a that's a guy I would hire to train me, and I don't even do trainers like that. I wouldn't hire a trainer personally, but if his name's Carmichael, it sounds like he know what he's doing a little bit. That's a Penny uh, Penny Hardaway yeah, he's a, on that's Twitter. That's a big dude. Penny Hardaway on Twitter took a screenshot um, of like the UL strength staff right when Billy Napier was hired, and was like, "Yo, we need dudes like this." Lifting weights with the team, and it turned out to be Carmichael. I thought you were talking about the real Penny Hardaway. That's what I thought too. Penny Hardaway from Chicago. Penny Hardaway on Twitter. Yeah, shout out to him. My man, we talking about the, the pancake booties. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. I, I gotta know. Hey, if, if Penny, if you listen to this, how many how many pictures of Michael Jordan do you have saved into your phone? 
Because no matter what the reaction is, like Silk, you tweet out a reaction picture of something in your phone. I like he his just has He has an appropriate Michael Jordan reaction for anything that he's responding to on Twitter. Well, I think he's she's he's Chicago. He is uh, Chicago resident, so I think mm-hmm. he's just like just it's true just, and blue to to the Jordan thing. True I get red. it. I get it. Hey, stick. Hey, true and red. People, I'm yeah. sorry. Right. Hunters are people too. Stick stick to uh, stick to your stick. I get it. I, I appreciate the dedication. Yeah, I appreciate it too. Uh, but I mean, good good guys. I mean, again, don't know anything about them. Seem like seem like fine people. Um, obviously, have been around for a while. Um, I, I don't remember the makeup of the the Gator strength staff. Nick, do you uh, of the the one before under? I, I really don't. Um, I you know I don't remember. Obviously, this is the first time, and I'll be honest with you. We knew that Florida had a staff. There was times that I would look, uh, you know, off the field staff and other names. This is the first time that we're truly diving into names because these are the first time that we're really getting exposed to a lot of these names. So, um, Gators do add uh, have a staff. And we didn't know what half of the other people were doing either. Like, we still don't have? know because I'm about to name a bunch of other people that I have no idea what they're doing. Um, but we're just going to get our, our takes off. But I like the we- numbers. I like the, I like the the. The, the the attempt at the, the I like the army play I like the number I like and I like them announcing every single hire to show that we care about recruiting and we're putting new the merch on, on the recruiting. way. Uh, what you say? What? You say Nick? I said new merch on the way. Yeah, yeah that's that right. Gym. Coming drop coming soon. For the people. Mm. It's drip. Stay together. Drip, drip on the way. So the Gators. Let's see. I'm looking. Nick Savage. New drip alert. Um, I'm I'm trying to see if there was anybody. I don't know. I'll find it. I guess there is. Uh, Tanner Maher was a coordinator. Reggie McGrew, former Florida Gators, was a coordinator um, on strength and conditioning. I guess there was there was a few people, but not any staff size anywhere close to this. So um, Gators have four strength and conditioning coaches uh, that I can see. Nick used to roll around with like three or four guys. I think so. I think he. Yeah, had like yeah, three yeah. Or four guys no, no, no. This isn't a slight at him. I just don't really know Nick Savage and Reggie McGrew, Tanner Maher. Um, Right, Matt Delancey, who looks like a guy that has coached strength and conditioning uh, since uh, since Pat Miller was was at UF, and then uh, Zach, <laughs> and then Zach Ackenberger uh, was the assistant director of football uh, as well. Um, but first time I've seen UF hire a speed coach. Um, all right, so then from there we go more off the field coaches. Just a slow. couple of names. Um, Marcus Castro Walker, director of player engagement and NIL. Very excited to see uh, what he's got going on. I know that he's already talked uh, with Eddie Rojas and the Gator Collective. I know um, he's not a super active guy on social media, so there's a lot of question marks about him. Does come from Arizona, was previously, pardon me, at Nebraska uh, Mm -hmm. as well, Uh, but a former player will be in charge of player engagement and NIL. Love to see that job title. Again, don't know what it means. Player engagement. Let me try to guess what that is. Player engagement in NIL. It. Oh, I'll let you guess first, Silk. It sounds like showing the players how to engage with brands on social media type thing mm-hmm. or how to approach brands is what I'm thinking. Uh, engagement sounds like conversational, right? Um, so I'm, I don't know nil engagement. I think is from like a from a standpoint maybe conversation or, or or a way to to communicate or communicate your nil deals on social media. I'm not sure. What do you think, Nick? I think the it's very similar to like Vernell Brown, where it, they're more 
dealing with the players um, like, hey, you're having girl problems. Hey, you're having problems with mom, dad, somebody back home. Um, they deal with the person more so than the player. But then I think he's also then, like you're saying, so, hey, let's take a look at what you're doing on social media because that's kind of like as much as football is your resume, what you're doing on social media is also your resume that you're handing to a brand. Um, that you want to work with. So I think it's kind of like what Vernell Brown does in terms of working with the man, the the, the young man, the person, more so right. than the player, mm-hmm. uh, but then also gearing it towards like, hey, everything you do on the field, off the field, on social media is going towards this NIL and kind of um, an education piece of, of NIL because the Florida still can't broker deals for right. players, yes. but you can educate them on what they're doing um, you know, in terms of marketing themselves and branding themselves. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously that's th- – these titles are, are nebulous uh, at best. I think that there's probably a lot of things that will be uh, – that will, will come out. You know, I'm sure a lot of this has to do with keeping up with NIL deals, knowing who's doing what, what are opportunities that are out there, what are creative ways to take advantage of NIL that can be – you know, talked about and, you know, how do you, how do you connect with, you know, a student athlete about what they have about pricing, about contracts, about, about probably a lot of the things that come around what NIL is rather than brokering specific deals. But I do believe, and I could be wrong, that there has been some uh, legislation introduced that would potentially allow the connection of NIL in, or, or, individual or companies that are looking to do NIL through the university with particular players. So I know that there's a lot of things, you know, when we had Darren Heitner on the show earlier this, uh, this summer, you know, we talked about a lot of this is still, you know, a gray area. And I think that some of that is being, you know, figured out, but to have a, a sole representative of, somebody you can reach out to in the Florida football athletic department to, to ask about NIL or to know about NIL, to know what the rules are or to have a player, um, you know, that, that has questions, be able to have somebody. I think that obviously a huge step in the right direction. Not a bad thing. No. So director of player engagement and NIL, Marcus Castro Walker. I I like uh, Billy's approach to the whole NIL thing so far, being very vocal about it, uh, hiring people for it, not shying away from it, uh, embracing what the the future of college football is. I just like that whole approach. It seemed like the last regime was was too shy about even approaching it or or how to approach it. So I just like the approach from um, Billy on it. And Dan's then, comments always threw me off about that. He was like, "We're we're worried about like getting arrested." I'm like, "What are you talking about? You're not gonna get arrested bro. for anything yeah. that's happening, dude. Like, just your players are gonna make some money. Support yeah. your players making money." He always had weird comments. Yeah, like the feds gonna pull a kick though over. Yeah, like what are you talking about? Nil deals. He, I, I don't think he got it. Um, I don't think a lot of coaches get it. not just a, you know, to bag on Dan. I don't think a lot of coaches get it. A lot of coaches don't like it. Um, they, they don't control these kids anymore. They don't like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the Gators do add another assistant uh, for player development, <clears throat> a guy by the name of Frank Ogas. He a former player at Arizona State uh, and was at Louisiana uh, as well, uh, comes over as assistant for player development. Again, um, if you look at some of these titles, you have personnel analyst, you have offensive analyst, you have um, 
player personnel, player development, player engagement, football operations, uh, quality control. You have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of names, a lot Shout of functionality. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how, you know, these rules are, pardon me, these roles uh, do play out. Uh, but, you know, the Gators now have uh, an announced staff of doing quick math here, 12 off the field coaches that have been announced and Nick Silk and, and I's understanding is it's, it's far more than that um, that have already been slotted into announce all on um, Billy. Okay, it's gonna be a slow drip. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a slow drip. It's like 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 the NFL. The NFL. Remember when the NFL rescheduled their calendar so they have like a big event, whether it's uh, the draft, rookie rookie training camp, training camp, the combine. They've got something on all four months where they're not playing football. Um, Billy's gonna drop like a name a day Mm. for like another twenty something days, and you're gonna get the rest of this coaching staff and, and the rest of the army. And it's going to take, it's going to be a slow drip, but you're going to get a name a day unless it's a holiday. You got two. Billy, been dropping us some, Billy been dropping us some hints too. Like right before mm-hmm. the UCF game, he kind of told us that, Hey man, we might lose. I've been going to them four practices that they had. And it didn't look <laughs> good. So I'm going to drop y'all a little, a little hint on football scoop about these hires I'm about to make, because it might get a little wicked. He he understands the news cycle. I, I'm learning that pretty quickly. Billy For Napier sure. under, understands sure. the news cycle. Yeah, and I'll some, give, oh. it's like the angrier the fan base or the worse that the talk is happening, like the bigger the news he drops. You know, Nick Evers uh, and Gibson decommit. And he's like, "Yo, drop that Corey Raymond story, please." Right. He's got one in the tuck. Um, <laughs> he's got one way. He keeps one in the tuck. Uh, even with with uh, the speaks, we'll talk about hires. But he just got he got an announcement and he got a, a a news story or something to drop in the tuck whenever there's a bad moment. Man, it reminds me of Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. In sorry. that fashion, I ain't trying to say he's the next Urban Meyer. People run with stuff, so I want to clear it up. Yeah, you heard it here first. Silk Man. said it. That's right. That's right. Um, not sure uh, where I got cut off. I accidentally hit the mute button uh, before I switched screens. But uh, the Gators did announce uh, the day after the bowl game, uh, I believe that's when it was, that that William Piegler uh, is joining the staff as the tight end coach. He comes to University of Florida uh, from a couple of years at uh, Michigan State uh, where he was their running backs coach. Uh, before that, he was in a variety of roles, uh, including time at Colorado, uh, time at Louisiana, uh, where him and Bailey, Billy Napier got connected, uh, time at Georgia, Minnesota, uh, high school ranks, uh, and then at Valdosta State, uh, Louisiana, uh, a little bit more, and then at some community colleges. So uh, a guy that is known as a relentless recruiter, a younger guy, uh, graduated in 2010 from, from Clemson. I think he's 35, 36 years old, uh, but very well known on the, the trail. Uh, got uh, a couple of two uh, rivals, 250 guys, uh, for uh, from Michigan State in the last class, but it was also uh, instrumental in landing Kenneth Walker the second, uh, who was a Heisman finalist from Wake Forest and put up just you know gaudy numbers for Michigan State this year. Um, had a really nice thing uh, said about him. Uh, by uh, by Michigan State's head coach when he did leave, uh, but William Piegler uh, is joining the staff as the Gators' tight end coach. Um, Nick, I want to get your thoughts, and then Silk, uh, you next, buddy. Yeah, um, I, I think the initial. I don't think they did him any favors with the picture they used. Um, 
because people were people were just bagging on bagging on my guy because he looked like a, a, someone out of an IT specialist. Um, but when you look at what Mel Tucker has to say, when you look at uh, I forget the guy he the the running back that was uh, you know almost a Heisman finalist. Kenneth uh, Walker, was a Heisman finalist. Kenneth Walker from Wake Forest found him, got him in the transfer portal. Um, look at the names he was able to get. Like this is a guy that can recruit. Um, don't, don't doesn't matter if he looks like Dwight Schrute. This is a guy that can recruit. Um, so he also doesn't look like Dwight Schrute, but well, it's same vibes. Teach, teach their own yeah, Dwight Schrute vibes. Yeah, yeah Schrute yeah, vibes. Dwight vibes. Um, Dwight, <laughs> but if Dwight was on the trail, Dwight would be a killer uh, for sure. I think Pegler was a good hire. Um, we we struck out on on, on cider. I don't think we don't program in the big three. I know we're not the only program in the big three to strike out on cider. Um, trying to get a tight end, a uh, running back coach to come coach tight end. It looks like Billy was looking for a recruiter more than anything. Um, Pegler uh, himself said he's more comfortable coaching the tight end position, so he's going back to a more natural spot and a more natural recruiting spot and coaching spot. I would think if he's more comfortable with coaching um, tight ends. But shout out to Kenneth Walker; he did a good job with that. Fine. Um, he's supposed to be a good evaluator. And shout out to Mel Tucker. I think we've been watching a lot of coaching changes this 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 year. Um, a lot of hires, a lot of people begin poached. Mel Mel Tucker is a guy of just per class. I gave him a good send off um, tweet. Yeah, you rarely see that. that. I, I, I have not seen that, and I thought that was just per class personified by Mel Tucker. Um, I'm a fan of that guy, regardless, man. Um, however it plays out, I think Mel Tucker is a good coach and a class guy. Oh, absolutely, no, hundred percent agree. Um, you know, and to have you to have that said about you publicly the day, you know, you have one of your staff members taken, you know, from you is is you know true class, like you said. So. Um, I think the Gators are getting a good one. You know, we don't know. Um, and I do know we're beefing with Michigan State for some recruits. Yeah. For some players in the portal, some players we're recruiting against in high school. Shout out to the kid Zion out of Westlake. Just there's a lot of guys I know we're, like, recruiting against uh, uh, Michigan State for. And some of my personal friends, we've been laughing about it in our group chat about uh, how Michigan State been squaring up with, with, with Billy Napier. And if you do enough Googles and searches on Twitter, you'll see – their staff beefing with our staff a little bit about certain recruits. So they don't say names, of course, because they can't. Um, so I thought it was a good get. A little portal combat going on between uh, here uh, for it. State. Combat. Oh, I'm here for it. Um, so that rounds out the staff that has been announced. But um, some names that we've talked about, uh, want to quickly run through those. So that gives the Gators – Right now, six coaches that have been announced. Patrick Choney, yeah. um, co-defensive coordinator, safeties coach, um, with an mm-hmm. asterisk next to that safeties coach, by the way. Um, Jim, assistant head coach, wide receiver coach, Kerry Colbert, uh, assistant offensive line, Darnell Stapleton, cornerbacks coach, assistant head coach, Corey Raymond, and then tight end coach, William Piegler. Now, there's four other names that are out there sitting, and we have mentioned – three of them on this show. So I'm going to go through those first three. Rob Sale, offensive line coach with the uh, with the New York Giants, uh, previously coached uh, with Bailey Napier at the uh, University of Louisiana, a guy that ev- almost everybody has slotted in as the offensive line coach, right? Not really much more to say. Uh, Which will be our that. second offensive line coach because we have Stapleton. Correct. 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 
So, and then again, I want to give a shout out to G. Allen Taylor on uh, The Athletic, uh, pontificated on uh, these four names. Not pontificated, obviously has information, but was the first one to really throw all four names out uh, collectively and, and had William Piegler before. Uh, Chris Rumpf, outside linebackers. Again, a guy previously head co- or previously coached uh, with Jim McElwain at the University of Florida, now with the Bears. Um, the Rumpf shaker. The Rumpf shaker. Um I know his wife was was really um, was really liked here as well. I know that she enjoyed her time here. Um, I know Chris Rumpf enjoyed his time here uh, with the Chicago Bears. Now, we've talked about him being slotted into a role uh, here at the University of Florida. We weren't sure if it was defensive line, linebackers, where that might be, but that's a name uh, that we've talked about as well. So, again, a guy that I think that you can expect to be announced soon. Um, another name, Carl Scott, currently with the Vikings. Um and G. Allen Taylor has him slotted in as the co-defensive coordinator uh, joining Patrick Toney, um, previously uh, with the University of Alabama, previously with Billy Napier, right now uh, coaching with the Vikings. Carl Scott, a name that we haven't talked a lot about, um, known as one of the most tenacious recruiters on the trail. Uh, but Nick, your thoughts on Carl Scott. Young guy too, 36. Yeah, nice it's – it's it's going to be a young staff. Um, it, it's interesting to me when guys spend. I want to see how guys do coming back. You know, to college. Like, what? How are you going to be a, as a recruiter? Um, and, well, he's only been gone a year, so right. Um, was with Bama in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just interesting to me uh, when I when guys go to the NFL. I, I wonder. Was it because that's bigger? Like a lot of people that, you know, Dan and I, we, I mean, we all grew up in South Florida. Like we were pro sports fans. I had, it was surprising to me when I got to Gainesville, a lot of people that I met were from Gainesville thought that like college was a better job. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like the NFL is the premier, like if you're a football coach, the NFL is the premier place to be a coach in. Um, so when coaches leave, I wonder, oh, well, they, is that, the next move in, in their career, like Matt rule, when he left Baylor, he had a really good thing going there and, and he leaves to go to the NFL. He's being rumored to come back to college. I don't know if that would happen. It's like college coaches that go to the NFL come back cause they failed. I think um, if you come back, maybe you, you liked recruiting. Maybe you liked dealing with younger players, guys that weren't making, you know, that aren't making significantly more money than you in, in the NFL. So I think he's a young guy. Uh, I'm interested to see how he'll be as a recruiter and as a coach. Uh, back Ooh, in college. Carl Scott, yeah, back yeah. in college. Okay, I do. I like how um, I like how he mixes and matches the, the experience with a little bit of inexperience in recruiting a little bit. What what I do like is I think all these guys could like hold their own recruiting wise, but at the at defensive coordinator spot because rumor that Carl may be coming in as co DC, right? Yeah. Um, you got Rob Sell, who some people are maybe questioning maybe his power five experience. Um, then you offset that with Carl Scott, a guy that's coming from Bama, NFL, um, can also recruit. And I think Patrick Tony can recruit as well. He's playing video yeah. games and landing top, top-notch kids. I mean, you look at the offensive line position with Rob Sell, uh, you got Darnell Stapleton, a younger guy that may um, may not have all his chops as far as development. And people may question like his years on the job. But then you bring Rob Sell back, a guy back from the NFL that worked with you previously, uh, to kind of solidify that. And, they, and I think, but I think Stapleton is going to be a, a, a rock star on the recruiting trail. Mm-hmm. This is a young brother, like just coaching offensive line. He's played in the NFL. 
Um, and he looks Bowl? like from his Super yeah. Bowl, like he's like from his social media. He knows what the hell's going on on these social media streets. He's young, mm-hmm. so I think he's going to be. I just like the balance of how he offset things, man. And he's able to do that because of his flexibility, of course, with the offensive coordinator and quarterback, um, coach position that he that he's taking on himself. But I do like I when think, he offset it with the experience, experience with inexperience. I think offensive lines really where you see that. So can you, I mean, you hit on yeah. that already with, with Sam right. Stapleton. Yeah, I mean, exceptionally young staff, and then we'll get into the final name there. But I think that Corey Raymond and is what fifty-two. He's gonna be the old guy. Yeah, he's he's the old guy in the room, which right? is and not think, old. And I think at Florida staff, you know, this this past year that would have probably put him. You know, as a spring chicken on, on the staff. <laughs> so, um, you know, a lot of young names. Uh, the, the final name uh, is a guy that um, wasn't talked about. You know, I don't, I don't think by anybody, but defensive line uh, coach uh, Eric Henderson. Uh, he's currently the defensive line coach and run game coordinator uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, has been uh, in in the NFL since 2017, a former NFL player himself, uh, has been in the NFL with the Chargers from 2017 to 2018, then the Rams um, since. Um, obviously, don't need to tell you all of the names that the Rams uh, have put uh, or have, have produced, um, but just an incredible defensive uh, line unit. That's that's a role that that I'm curious, you know, what his you know reason for wanting to jump back from the NFL you know, into college might be. I don't know any of these guys. I don't know their intentions, but that's certainly uh, probably the biggest question mark to me is, you know, a guy leaving what seems to be a very safe role on a very safe staff with some incredible players to come back to the college ranks. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that would round out a, a very, you know, I think very good staff, uh, full of experience, seemingly a lot of great recruiters, a lot of proven uh, recruiting ability, a lot of great uh, tactical work and technician work, uh, but a lot of guys that have also never worked together. So there's got to be you know some pieces and some components of that um, as well. But I think that you can you can say that this staff, you know, the way it's shaping up is 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 quite strong. No doubt. Uh, well, with that being said, um, I think we're we're getting to the end of the show here. Uh, we've got a, a manscaped ad read. Um, mm. We we did see a couple of coaches, you know, announce their departures. Obviously, you, you were expected that Christian Robinson uh, put out a, a note uh, the other day, uh, thinking his time. Uh, Lee Davis put out uh, a note this morning. Uh, this is Monday morning, uh, announcing her time. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing, you know, just just my my thought, whether you like the coach, whether you like the staff, or whether you didn't or not, and there's still people on the other side of those those announcements and those those Twitter handles and everything else. So um, a lot of people who aren't getting paid twelve million to uh, go yeah. away. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, you know what Dan Mullen's making and what these guys that are making three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars are making. You know, they'll all land on their feet just fine, but. You know, a lot of these other you know staff members are being, you know, that they've got to move, they've got to go elsewhere, and I know that's part of the role. But still, you know, a lot of them aren't making six figures even uh, that we're sacrificing a ton of time. So, um, you know, best wishes to everybody that is departing Gainesville. Uh, now, What's your guys' opinion on? I don't see where uh, Q1 Rattler was retained. That's been like quite the conversation on a lot of the message boards about uh, should what Rat should have been retained. He's one of the uh, he's a Gator, so. Yep. What's your what's your take on that? 
Bro, we're getting fast and loose with these titles. Like, how about director of I have a brick outside the stadium yeah. and my picture is all over the walls you're walking in? How about yeah. that? That because that's a title for rat. I, I don't get not not keeping rat, um, telling him that he wasn't bringing enough value to the program. I'm, I, I'm a plot. Like if rat, if you're listening, I'm playing devil's advocate. I don't want no problems. I don't know what <laughs> that's my guy. Uh, what, was, what, was, what, was, what was rat's title beforehand? I don't even know what it's. I will is. look it up while uh, we're talking here. Uh, assistant director of player personnel. The Gators have a director of player personnel right now, Jacob LaFrance. That's okay, the only so did, did I think I, he did he do evals? Um, Nick, like, that's what, probably what, what, a what better question his... for you. Uh, but I know he was heavily involved, you know, an on-campus recruiting things of that nature. But I would imagine that he was watching game film or, or tape. But but Nick, you're might be a little bit more in the know. Um, I I, I know that you gotta watch what you say. I know that Rat yeah. was um around the DBs. Obviously, as an analyst, you can't coach him. Can't do anything. Yeah, not like coaching. That. Um, but he's not actively room. recruiting just there as a staff. Yeah. He he's, he's in the room with all the DB meetings, uh, cornerback safeties. Um, he's out of practice watching. Um, and, and when guys are on campus, when recruits are on campus, he's talking to recruits, um, actually trying to bring kids to Florida. Um, you can only recruit off campus if you're a coach. Um, so he's limited in that role, but, um, as an analyst, he's someone who, uh, was an all American played in the NFL. Um, he also, he's a guy that cares. Like rat spent so much time doing seven on sevens with the rat right. pack. Like he's someone who, who no invests and pours into, um, into the guys and is spending mm-hmm. his time trying to get, make that. I just don't, I, I don't get it. Yeah. I, I don't you, understand how. Nick, I remember when you, me and you, I think Richard Johnson that was back was in 2013. Yeah, 2013, 2014, we went down to IMG. You know, him and Gus Scott were coaching. And, yep. You know, I mean, it was I was starstruck to just see the, the two of them, right? So, um, you know, I know that that he had an opportunity um, to live out a dream coaching. Um, you know, moved from from Jacksonville, I think he's he was living in, or um, you know, over to Gainesville. I uh, yeah, picked up, moved his life for for those two years. So, you know, wh- wherever he lands, you know, he's a a friend of the show. Of a friend of and, and certainly wish him the best. But I don't I don't see Except why. For Silk. He, yeah. Hmm? <laughs> Except for Silk. Silk, Silk was DMing Billy Napier. He got unblocked and he DM'd and was like, yo, get rat out of town. No, 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 no. I don't I don't, I don't have any I just seen that as a topic of conversation. Yeah. Um I just don't I don't know what the the the, the vibes was like. Um we've heard things. Um there's always rumors out there like a staff leave. I just don't know what the culture and the vibes was like to have like a real solid opinion about um of of who should stay. I don't know like if 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 somebody wasn't doing their job right. I don't know what Billy saw, you know. So uh, mm-hmm. I would I would like not knowing anything it would make sense for Rat to be back. Just knowing a Rat, being around Rat, um, he's just a Gator. Um, I think he's always got like positive energy, always just, like just just super, just Gator. Even when he was doing the 707 thing, you know, uh, he didn't push any kid out of direction, but he was always uh, very pro Gator. Um, so I would like to see him still on the staff, but mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. I didn't see a farewell note. Yeah, not yet. Um, You'll get farewell notes from the goats. 
Let's see. He'll be here when Billy gone. Uh, yeah, that's the other thing. He'll be around listening. Unless unless Billy Napier turns into like a Steve Spurrier or Urban Meyer wins something, like Keyon Ratliff will be. Unless he's around. here till he die. Unless Billy's here yeah. till he die, he's gonna be Billy. Like <laughs> Rat's gonna be a Gator regardless. He'll be a Gator family. Yeah. Like these coaches come and go. But um, I hope Billy's here forever. And I and I, I hope they find a way to put Rat on this staff. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, Nick, you announced that Shane Graham uh, put out a note. This is just odd seeing all these notes by adults being put out there. But I uh, put out a long yeah. note. You know, save um, the for kids. Yeah, but uh, you know these highly edited notes. notes but uh, you know he's uh, he's moving on. Former NFL kicker Shane Graham worked with the kickers. Uh, there's also some question marks about Corey Bell. Uh, Nick, do you want to dive into Corey Bell at all? Yeah, um, I think Corey. I think Billy Napier wants Corey Bell to stay in the role that Corey Bell is in, and there might be um, a change of title, uh, maybe a raise, but it's an off the field role. I think I Corey find Bell. That strange. I think Corey Bell. Where, where, what on field role do you have for Corey Bell? Well, not on field. Like I understand you keeping Corey Bell. Corey Bell is an asset. Like in yes. South Florida, I think this staff is missing some some Florida South vibes, Florida, some, um, some South Florida flair. But just Florida. Like, I don't want to get caught up in South Florida. Florida. I think Corey Raymond could go down to South Florida and do his thing. But I think we need some some Florida-like relationships. And I think Corey Bell is a guy that just got relationships down there. Uh, you got Jamar Chaney. I think our off the field yeah. is guys that we could bolster up as far as relationship-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, So I understand you're keeping Corey Bell on staff. But if Corey Bell is that important and you're trying to find a role for him to keep him in the position he has, I wonder what it is. Like, why, why rats? Like, you know, it's just, I yeah. don't know. I don't want to dive too deep on it, but it just seems well, a little well, off. Well, I was told right away that Corey Bell and Shane Graham were both told that they would that Billy would like to retain them. I think Shane has aspirations of being a special teams coordinator, and I, I don't think that was going to happen, which I think led to his note today. Not after watching this year. Um, well, he that's not him. He's he's just an analyst. He's not coaching. He can't mm. coach. Mm. Uh, so if you're saying that Shane Graham was – uh, was violating NCAA for, rules. Was, if you're saying that Shane Graham was responsible for the kickers, then yeah. you're saying Florida was breaking NCAA rules and you're snitching yeah. on your I'm team. Just liable, like, I'm just liable. I'm, I'm the type of guy, if, I get, if I'm the new guy in charge, I'm just like, I see the kicking. I'm just like, well, everybody in that department got to go. <laughs> and they're uh, like, yo, Shane's over there. I'm like, man, Shane can go too. I seen the kicking. <laughs> um, and, and Corey Bell, I think, listen, like he can recruit. Like You can't keep no him... Doubt in an analyst role, you're not using him to the, to, you're not getting the most out of him. Um, and I well, think he wants they to ain't get nowhere on the style. I mean, the, the DB I, coach they got coming in are killers. Like there's so that's nowhere. Like, so that, Corey Bell is no I'm slouch. Saying. Now keep let's keep it no. in mind. Like he's a good DB coach, but we got the goat and you got Carl Scott or yeah. somebody else coming in. Like, what Corey, are we talking about? Yeah. 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 Corey, yeah. So Corey Raymond, Carl Scott, if I'm keeping it a bean, yeah, if there's not an opportunity, I, I learned that from me last week. So, um, keeping it a bean here. Um, <laughs> I think that there's an, an opportunity that if Corey Bell, I think you can learn probably from a year of those guys. Um, you know, if there's an opportunity, Corey Bell, I think is an asset. Uh, but like you said, Silk, I think that, that key wants an asset too. very surprised. Um, outside of that, you know, I don't know any of the other guys, you know, whether they, they should stay or go, but I think that those are our two names that should have definitely stayed. Uh, Kelvin Bull. Back in that, back in that Tampa, that Tampa Wi-Fi, brother. 
Holden is a name. You're in that hole that, that Miller was talking about. <laughs> You're in the hole. Oh, geez. Oh, did, I, did you lose me? Um, Kelvin Bolden, have you heard anything on him? Haven't heard Kelvin anything. Bolden. He's still here. He's still he's still working. Uh, I haven't seen any notes. Personnel. I mean, if you he, keep your he, job, do you got to drop a note too? Or no, no, Ooh. no, no. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, a no. sticking around note. Yeah, no, so I got he, I got um, Kev, Kev, my guy. Shout out to Kev. Kev, you listen, what up, bro? I got you on notifications. I got I got your notifications on, man. I hope I don't get a note from you, fam. And, uh, Who does, yeah. I, I got to find out who's doing these coaching edits, right? It's I mean, gotta, I listen, bro, home. you've got you got 112 people inside that building now. You got to get I know. Is it, is this, people some work. Is this Camps doing it? No. Yeah, I don't know. It's That's probably a terrible Kevin. job to give a guy from the old. Nah, if I'm Kevin, I turn that, that I turn that. Who's the intern? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get somebody get else somebody in graphic design. I probably got to do my own soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, just like a, that's a terrible Jeez. position to be in. No, yeah, I'm just, yeah, just, yeah. That's just a part of the joke. Shout out to yeah, yeah, yeah. No, guy. I get it. I get it. But, but if I'm sitting in that spot, like, I don't want to be doing everybody's note thinking mine's about to come down the pipeline. Like, that's a, that's a weird spot to be in. But shout out to Kevin. You think you've already started editing yourself into some photos just in case? <laughs> no, but no, it's my understanding. Um, I think Nick, it's your understanding too that Kevin Camps uh is expected to stick around. Yeah. Um, Kevin so go. I Kevin think that he's, he's in a, yeah, he did he did the, the Stadium and Gale logo. Um he's done some other work privately for me as well, just an incredible graphic designer. Um, everything that Already. you see elevated. Um, you know, when, when Kevin joined the team. So uh, hopefully would love to see Kevin around and know that he, uh, you know, is a, is a resident and, and wants to stay in Gainesville uh, long-term as well. We just bought so, a new crib. I seen a new crib on IG. Shout out to Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they actually built it. They yeah. built the house. Him yeah, and, uh, living, him and the wife. Um, Kev's, Kev's good. I think Kelvin too. I think both of, I think both of them are going to be uh, two stay Miguel alum. We'll, Shout we'll be to good. boys, man. Absolutely. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we need to, to go over. Uh, Ventura Miller announced that he's coming back. Yes, he sure did. I think that was huge. Huge get. Um, didn't know if we, he was leaving, coming, an injury year. But leadership-wise, I thought we missed him big time this yeah. year. Um, hit, partner him with Hopper. I think he's going to be real good next year. Wingo. I think our linebacker room is just bolstered up a, a, quite a bit with those guys and Miller coming back. Listen here. I mean, Florida gave up 163, almost 164 yards a game on the ground. You can't tell me that Ventrell Miller playing middle linebacker would not have made that number smaller and would not have made that run defense better. Yeah. Can't tell me oh, nothing, no. Silk. No, 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 no doubt. Um, and also, I'm you know, just whispers out there. Whispers out there. Kair is, is mulling Ooh. over a decision. Ooh, that would be listen. Mulling that over a decision. Oh, think, you, think, you sounded we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Sounded like you were making a uh, former fi- or a new fired football coach of America pun there. The way you were saying he was mulling over that decision. Hmm. Uh, no, nah, no pun. I like the pun you're trying to use, but <laughs> I think I think, I think uh, just speaking to you know, shout out to him, man. I talked to Abe today this morning. Um. They're just mulling over the decision. Uh, they're getting a lot of late first round, early second round grades. Um, they're intrigued by, by Corey Raymond, um, what he could bring to the table. Uh, they're intrigued by by Carl Scott. Uh, Billy Napier is, is talking some good things. 
Uh, we could get five back to go a long way. The way him and Marshall kind of ended the season, get some good safety play, some linebacker play. I think the defense is going to be all right next year. Like, mm-hmm. Step out on the limb. Yeah, but, yeah, that's some smoke out there by five coming back, man. Y'all boys sit tight. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, that's that's good news. So, Ventro Miller is coming back. Kyrie Elam, we're going to wait and see. Uh, somebody else announced that they were coming back. Shorter. Oh, uh, Justin Shorter announced that he's coming back. Um, you know, he did get injured, obviously, you know, in that game against Central Florida. I uh, was released the next day, uh, you know, and, and fingers crossed for his, uh, you know, continued recovery uh, there. Uh, I expect to hear some some other announcements. There was a rumor that Dewan Black uh, was going to be transferring. Um, he put out on his Twitter today that he's not. Uh, I don't plan on doing this every week because there's a lot of weird message board rumors that come out, but that one specifically did come out. Um, a, f- a few names uh, to look out for in the transfer portal. Uh, Jacob Cowing is a guy that received an offer today from the University of Texas El Paso. Uh, mm-hmm. A guy that put up just some crazy numbers, uh, really top of, of college football, uh, joins LSU, Oregon, South Carolina, Virginia Tech, Ole Miss, Arizona State, Arizona, and a number of others. Um, a guy that's that's being sought after by a lot of the big programs, a big, big-time recruit. I think he's 5'10", 175 pounds. Uh, but, Nick, I know you have some some things that you want to share on on him as well. Yeah, uh, 69 catches for nice. one. Nice. For 1,367 yards, seven touchdowns. Nice first number. Team, mm. First team all-conference. As um, average of 19.8 yards per catch was second only to Jameson Williams of players who had 50 or more mm-hmm. receptions. Uh our guy over at on three, Corey, uh, spoke to him, spoke to people uh, in the program. I think a bad sign for Gator fans is that Jacob has uh, a child back in Arizona where he's from. Um, no problem. So I, so that's, that's a good thing for that child, of course. Ain't no problem. 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 Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that uh, certainly, like, obviously, he's he's in El Paso, which is West Texas, closer to Arizona than uh, Gainesville, Florida is. Mm. Arizona State is the school that's offered him. Uh, Herm Edwards, shout out to Herm. You played to win the game. Um, Herm has been getting fired since, like, May last year, and he's still Bro, that's nuts. Everybody, everybody forgot that he was pandemic yeah. and – he pulled visits. a Charlie Pell in 2021, and yeah, nobody cared. Well, he was <laughs> the whole the whole pandemic. Herm was doing visits and doing regular camps, all type of craziness, and everybody forgot. Shout out to Herm, man. Herm yeah, shout out to that. Arizona State for not like preemptively firing him either. Yeah, yeah, they like holding their ground a little bit. I like it, man. Herm ain't do none of that. They lied on Herm, um, <laughs> so they, they lied on Herm. Yeah, um, they had to. <laughs> they had to. <laughs> <laughs> Still got a job. Those yeah. are crazy allegations, man. I don't know how Herm still employed. <laughs> oh man, that's insane. But Free that's Herm. a that's a name I know a lot of people have been asking about. That's uh, so a name. We'll, Florida, Florida will actively and aggressively go after him. As I mentioned before, like who scares you on Florida's offense? Um, this is a kid, obviously at a smaller school, but has put up uh, you know numbers nationally that 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 rank top seven nationally, top five, top two mm-hmm. nationally. No doubt. Like to hear those kind of things. Uh, The Gators are planning a big uh, weekend of recruiting uh, over the next couple weeks. I believe the 14th is the big weekend. Uh, You're going to see some names like Jacoby Matthews, number one safety, uh, is going to be visiting. Uh, You're going to see Trevor Etienne, um, Cincinnati tight end commit, Danny Lewis. Trevante, uh, I think. What? 
think it's Trevante. I don't think it's Trevor. Trevante, it's Trevor's brother. Mm, or Travis. I think brother. Trevor. Uh, I think it's Trevor. It's two, it's two Trevantes out of, out of Louisiana. Trevante Citizen and Trevante Etienne. I think it's Trevor. Well, on Trevor? three, on oh, it is three Trevor. Has a list. It is Trevor. It is Trevor. Oh, I apologize. Silk, okay. Silk let me down a what? wrong path here. Yeah, wow. Black names wrong. I apologize. Um. Anyway, as I was saying, Trevor Etienne. Um. No, uh, Danny Lewis, uh, and then a number of guys: Caleb Douglas, former USC wide receiver commit; uh, Amarion Winston, former Oregon defensive end commit. And TJ Dudley, uh, former linebacker commit. I cool. think that that list is going to grow um, probably a three or four fold um, in terms of visitors that you have. But I mean, those are some big names. Uh, Jacoby Matthews being the uh, the name to obviously uh, highlight the top of that list. Uh, ranked as the number one safety in the country on on three and on the on three consensus, which is uh, similar. And we're going to use this moving forward to similar to the two four seven composite ranking. Um, a lot of connection with him in Texas A and M in Texas. But, um, you know, you get him on campus. Who knows what can happen? Trevante Citizen dropped a, uh, dropped an NFT with his recruitment um, in the NIL market. And I thought that was very interesting. Um, that is interesting. Very, 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 very dope concept um, that, 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 that I think is going to be the future of a lot of things. But I thought that was very dope. Trevor Etienne is doing the same thing. I think, gonna, I think you're going to see it a lot more um, because it's easy and free for the athlete to do, and why the hell not? I don't get it. I don't know if it's free for every athlete. It depends on the digital artist you're using, right? Um, sure. I'm sure that there's probably you, – you're right. So, okay, I, I am wrong and, and misspoke by saying that it is free, absolutely. <laughs> um, but there is a chance that it is a, a low cost or definitely a, a low um, – uh, I'll just use the phrase "low cost." Um, you know, reason why not to do it. I think I think it's interesting from this standpoint, right? So, say your LSU fan, Gator fan, whoever's into this recruitment, and you buy this NFT, which is an investment. It's not just a collectible or it's a trading card. Right. I think you're buying something that this kid could possibly be a, a win an award, national championship, maybe a Pro Bowler one day. Mm. Uh, if you buy the right NFT, so that thing can age a little differently. Than anything else in in this whole market, but like I don't want to get too deep in it, but I just think that's a very uh, interesting way to handle your recruitment, especially if it gets to a bidding war. Um, I think Trevor Etienne was interviewed uh, a couple of days ago. Um, that said, interest in his uh, NFTs could potentially influence his decision. Um, not sure that's if he's game, baby. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's, you know, if if he said what what's not supposed to be said. But uh, again, I think that you're going to see more and more and more and more of this. And uh, I think that this is just the tip of the iceberg of what you're going to see over the next couple of years. You think you, you think you said the quiet part out loud? He did say the quiet part out loud, but you oh, know no, what? No, they, they did it right. He did it exactly how I was supposed to do it. Yo, like bid on it. Like I'm gonna wear these different jerseys and all these different NFT and NFT arts. And then when it's time for me to make my decision, I'll take this into account. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Don't send me emojis. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, go yeah. buy NFT. Like, I don't I care don't, about I don't your emojis. Kebab anymore. No, no kebabs, no frogs. <laughs> Just greenbacks at the NFT website. Spending Bitcoins. 
Yeah, Trevor Etienne is down to, to, to Clemson, Florida, and LSU. All right. Uh, anything else? Obviously, we'll keep you apprised on what is going on. On yeah, I want to. Um, I think that you're going to see a lot of new names, a lot of new additions. I got an off topic. Um, oh, shout, out very to, good. shout out to Nick Saban, oh. Will Anderson, who led the nation in sacks, <laughs> mm-hmm. said today with a straight ass face, I still feel like we are still the underdog in this game. I feel like we've been disrespected all year. Alabama. Shout out to Nick Saban. Alabama has won half of the last six national championships. I cautiously uh, threw out that maybe they've been the favorite in 95% of their games, probably more than that. Um, The locker room is filled with four and five stars. These guys haven't been underdogs since high school. And somehow, some way, Nick Saban gets his team to feel like they are slighted every season. I call this the the Mayweather uh, motivational factor. Wild. I thought like before every fight, before every fight Mayweather ever had, he's undefeated, never lost. So you need you got to find motivation for somewhere. So every fight before Mayweather either beef with his dad, a baby mama, somebody right before a big fight, he always had some drama going on, and it was always somebody doubting him or or somebody didn't believe in him. I heard Bryce Young say the same thing. The quarterback for you. For for Bam, I'm like, yeah. bro, what are you talking? You've been a five star <laughs> since you was like nine. What are you talking about? People that yeah. doubted you, dog. Nobody doubted you. You the whole world wants you since you was like eleven. So I think I think that's just like the Mayweather motivational, self motivational thing, man. You got to find some like imaginary haters, even if you yeah. don't have haters. Well, I mean, I think that that proves why he is the goat to be able to tell yeah. these four and five star kids, and you know, you I mean, ain't shit. Silk, you mentioned it. I mean, and they Bryce, believe Young, it. <laughs> Bryce Young was the starting quarterback at probably the most well-known quarterback factory in the country, right? right. I mean, matter day is to quarterbacks as St. Thomas Aquinas is to like NFL talent, right? Like it just happens every year, right? So, um, but that's Don't what hype Nick, Nick Saban. You just made Nick Knight with yeah. that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you say heritage is something, bro. You say STA, that's just just that made his night. As Corey said, <laughs> but um, no, I mean, but I think that that's what makes Nick Saban the best of the best, right? And that's what makes great coaches. You know, Urban Meyer did a lot of that too. Um, you know, Nick Saban's that way. You know, it's interesting to see, you know, how that communication, how that the type of person that you recruit and getting those guys to continue to believe that. Because I don't think that they're just saying it. I don't think it's lip service or they wouldn't say it. I think that they truly believe that they've been disrespected. Right, and that for some reason they believe they that Cincinnati has been. Believe that. They truly believe that Cincinnati has more respect mm-hmm. than Alabama has right now, and that's that is an incredible ability to convince your kids that that's true. I like it. It's wild. I love it. Mm. All right, so it. we got a manscaped ad read, and mm. you got the song of the week too. Jingle bell, jingle balls, man. We're past the holiday season. It's too late to get your significant other. Ladies, if you listen to this show, it's too late to get that guy in your life. Uh, a man's case gift package. But you can still take care of that package. Uh, use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. We got the lawnmower 4.0. You know, use that thing in the shower. You won't get electrocuted. Nothing crazy. Um, got a nightlight for you if you want to set the mood. 
and shave on their kind of like dinner. I don't know. Don't look at me crazy, Dan. You never know about how people shave, man. I don't <laughs> that's judge good, people. That's a good point. Um, we got the the the, the weed whacker. If you got nose hair, ear hair, any weird hair in weird spots, we got the weed whacker that could take care of that. I wouldn't advise for any other spots. Um, Nick probably advise you for some other spots, but I wouldn't. Uh, I like to use things appropriately, appropriately where Manscaped like to put them. Uh, ball deodorant. It's still cool out, but spring months are amongst us. Uh, keep those balls cool, smelling good, and fresh. Take care of those families, Jules. SG, SGA checkout for 20% off. Yeah, and free shipping. Uh, I think that that's and a good reminder shipping. that during a hurricane season that your Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 does have a nightlight on or a flashlight on it. That's a good in, point. In, in, in case of emergency. Well, keep that. Let me write that down. For like, put it in my hurricane season notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, man. Well, Silk, you got the song of the week. Um, oh, I, while you're thinking of that, uh, Nick, any uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day plans? You're muted you are on now. mute. Hello. Hello. How long, how long have we been doing this? Um, dad catching uh, was going to have the family up since it weren't, weren't with them uh, for Christmas. So I'm wide open now. Uh, they won't be coming up for the new year. So uh, my, my night is wide open. Very no good. plans. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I don't have any plans. Not going to stand on any tables at a white buffalo. Possibly. I know. I just got to call my guy Zika up. Maybe that'll happen. Shout out to Zeke. All right. Dan, what kind of rave are you going to be uh, going to on New Year's Eve? I think Silk was talking, then I can explain my plans. Oh, yeah. I don't have any. I'll be up in Atlanta, man. So we, we, we family and the kids in it. I'm not feeling like going out anywhere, man. I'm, I'm in relaxation mode. I want to enter 2022 refreshing, you know, full of good zeal. So I ain't doing nothing. Just just chilling here. Fervor and zeal. Um, Nick, you'll be, you'll be happy to know uh, that my parents are actually coming up. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, staying a couple of days, we're going to do a little bit of a delayed Christmas. They're going to go mm-hmm. home on New Year's Eve. Um, and then I'm going to go to a house party that is going to be rather low key. Um, you'll, you'll, key. you'll be happy to know that DJ Polly D is going to be here in Tampa. Not oh, going to be him. a house party. I'm about to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. What kind of bread? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, a low key house party. Don't have that kind of bread. Don't have that kind of bread. Know, but, bro, uh, I thought you were trying to tur- flex on Turning this. down a number of. There's I thought he's going to be in the kitchen on the, on, on the Bluetooth. Can you imagine just on the ones and twos in the <laughs> yeah. kitchen? Yeah, um, bowls. Visit uh, your speaker. Who else? There's a, an artist by the name of Black Coffee who I enjoy. I will be here in Tampa, choosing not to go see him either. But all great uh, things to do if you are in Tampa. Oh, CeeLo Green's going to be here too. Ah, um, but uh, big also fan choosing, of CeeLo. Also choosing to uh, to stay low key and enjoy uh, some time with my friends. You know, I'll be New honest. Year's Eve. I'm dang. Yeah, if New I was Eve. at home, I would have pulled up on that one. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think New Year's Eve just has like outpriced itself, in my opinion. Just like the cost of it. I'm not sure. Like, I mean, I enjoy going out. I enjoy, uh, you know, being at these events. But, you know, $250, $300 just to get a ticket in. It's just, I don't know. Just doesn't seem worth it after a while. I feel you on that. But All right. So, song of the week and take us home. I would play, man. I've been listening to Russ. You listen to Russ? Yeah. Yeah. I listened to Russ last album. Man, he got a track with Jada Kiss called Faith. Let me get that one. All right. Well. Same corner, same time in 2022. Oh, y'all already know the vibes, man. The best Gator podcast in the entire world, man. We back here, same corner, same time. Hey, y'all have a happy and fun new year. We'll see you in 22.
Thank God that I never had to pop a pill to have pop a pill. That's just not the real. I do me all. Tie got big in Madrid like Rial. Now they scream rust like I play for the Seahawks. I eat off my own plate. Big dough. The dough didn't open, so I went in through the window. Six more months. That's like six more ends. Uh. I'm a ball forever while y'all disco ends. Uh. Circle so small I can't fit more friends. And I see a bigger picture, but the pics low res. The truth is at my command since I leveled up. Rule with an iron hand inside a velvet glove. Jealous love from the onlookers Rappers reporting back to the pimps You what we call hookers Hand the bread over The planets get older Drowning in money So all the women swim over Landowner I be draped in silk and diamonds Thwart the danger Glory again I will survive this Fucked up game That be playing with my psyche Women trying to fuck me Rappers trying to fight me Hope my girl loves me Shit I hope she just likes me Betting on myself I'm all in Phil Ivy Faith will guide me On the bad days it carries me And on the good days it's beside me High key the best out Y'all gotta respect the name Not surprised you all sound the same Cause y'all dress the same Like LMA I'm in the go So now I'm booed up Stars in the roof And my wrist got a moonstruck I'm too up Afraid that I'ma lose touch That's why I'm with the people That were there before I blew up Before the world knew Rush Before they seen the movement Fucking with a chick That live right off of Beaver Ruin Smoking in garages Stacking shoeboxes Now I got whores Giving forehand massages Deep pockets Deposits, wrote a self-help book, I'm on my deep shit Get out of your own way, trust me bro, that's so vital They said that I look like Jesus, so I wrote my own Bible I don't wanna date you if your news wouldn't go viral Yeah, I got rings, but I play like I got no title No title. No entitlement allowed around me, respect the boundary They should crown me, I'm the best out of Fulton County Joke's on you for anyone who tried to clown me I changed the game, it wouldn't be the same without me So I'ma follow me, I don't trust what y'all say And I'd rather walk alone than walk with y'all and go the wrong way I'm always put my faith in me. Me. Yeah. I'm always put my faith in me. G-O-D. Play that shit, uh-uh. say that shit You put it on the table, I'ma weigh that shit Wait. I sold records and yay, that's it Hey, that's it, load it, cock it Spray that clip, cause it ain't what you think Our diamonds are not the same in the link And they don't treat us the same in the bank That's how the cash came, now they put Mr. in front of my last name I'm in the fast lane, doing a buck something Ready to buck something, if I don't know Nothing else, I know to tuck something Work out in Tampa, that mean the buck's coming I can give my man a bird, he gon' pluck Something, mine is a terrible thing the waist black That's why I'm careful Where I put my faith at uh-huh. Just like I'm careful Where I put my safes at yes. Took the bar exam For the bars And ace that yes. Any problem With the oppies Face that yes. All the jewels Gotta be rocky ASAP Woo. Get it over with Cause you can't erase that Lose a loved one And you can't replace that I'll give them away Cause they really Never was worn Gloves is off But they really Never was on I'm totally fine You're not feeling me In this song uh-huh. Playing around But I really Could get them gone Really? Yeah, there's no escaping me Unappreciative, ungratefully Payback's a bitch, you just wait and see Say I'm the plug now, you can get it straight from me Not judging you, but you rating me They got a date for you, they got a date for me I got love for you, you got hate for me So I'ma always put my faith in me What's up? Yeah I'ma always put my faith in me Yeah I'ma always put my faith in me